0: All right, but KTG ain't getting no grand intro.
1: Oh no, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> she she's like she's like one of the boys now, so she don't get she, shit.
0: She really is. Oh, look at that, right? What Speaking is what the of... The- oh, she oh, had, she had to get a Oh god, look at you. She had to get her hair did. She had to get all nice presentable for for two slugs in their pajamas. <laughs> Do we have
1: to let her in, or can she let herself in? Oh, we we have to let her in. Oh, oh there she, she Well, is. she has look to look say it.
0: She has to say it like Bray Wyatt before she's allowed to get in.
2: Let me in. What up, fellas? I believe, I believe that. I'm gonna be in my pajamas <laughs> later because I'm doing the Fightful New Japan watch along. I'm gonna be a oh, zombie. God. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck with that. Oof.
0: Look at her Ray. already steal Look at her already stealing my gimmick name and
2: I'm very already. important and popular.
0: I'm so excited
2: Alba's on today. I know him well, so this will be good.
1: You know his sister? Jessica? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, stolen forever, though. Fucking oh, whenever
3: oh, when,
0: when, whenever, he sets up a question that you think is really serious, just always know that it's never serious.
2: Oh, I knew it wasn't serious. I was just <laughs> trying to figure out what what the pun was, where I was missing it. That's
0: good. It was. It, I wasn't quite there yet either. Actually, that's a good point. I was thinking like, I was it like from Alba Cheese. Like, <laughs> <Ooh>.
3: <laughs> you so sh- gross.
2: Kevin, you're not in your basement.
0: Yeah, one night only. From nice. uh, yeah, they let me out. So
3: they let, you, they let you
0: out. Yeah, I got. I got. I got, I got some bread. Got some water.
2: That's so good. I'm glad they let you off the chains
0: there. That's it. And now this podcast is going to be off the chains.
2: And...
1: <laughs> well, you guys ready to start the party before our guest joins us in a little while? We'll get this, get this show yeah. right. 40
0: minutes. Oh, no, half hour. Yeah, right, 40 I'm minutes. ready. No, no, half hour. hour.
1: I don't know. What do we got to talk tonight? We got day one coverage. We got Wrestle Kingdom coverage. We got Kate the Great joining us on Third mic. We got John Alba joining us in a few to talk about his newest endeavor with the, uh, with the man who's stronger than death himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. And uh,
2: I don't it know, what else not. is there
1: to talk about? It's all wrestling, right?
2: Right? It's all wrestling. I, you can get into the Tony Khan shit if you want to, but...
1: I guess. Oh, gosh. Matt if you want, want to,
2: I would love a day off from it.
1: Well, then maybe Kevin can, Kevin and I could talk about it. And uh, let me see.
0: Wait, wait, I, for first, you're going to have to let me know what it was.
1: Oh, well, then we'll figure it out once we get into it. But in the meantime, it is time for the intro You're listening to episode 566, I hope, of The Shining Wizards. Kicking off the new year, right? And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Something like that, I guess. The following is a presentation of The Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on rantiumradio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at shiningwizards.com. Follow us on social media at Podcast check out our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show.
4: This is the man who is stronger than death, Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast.
3: What's up?
1: I love the big package. And he's got those smelly boys. The fuck are you talking about?
4: i <laughs> a fucking loser. Fuck the shiny wizards.
1: Once again, it's time to join your favorite cast of characters on the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Unfortunately, we are not live on the rant tonight, but go visit those guys anyway. The replay will be up later. Rantiumradio.com because I'm an idiot and I cannot figure out technology. So I am playing the role of Matt tonight. We got tons of good stuff to get into because we are live on the Facebook. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Twitch. We are live on Twitter. And of course, we're in podcast form, so you can take us wherever you go. We are the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, where it's wrestling talk. And talk
0: about wrestling. Tony. Kate. K. Oh, okay. All right. I wasn't sure how we were going to do that. We didn't, we didn't talk about that. We <laughs> didn't talk about that before. That's probably something we should have brought up at the pre-show meeting. We didn't talk oh, about oh, anything
3: yeah. before we got.
0: K. J. G. Happy New Year, fuckers.
2: Happy New Year. I figured I'm filling in for Matt. I should go in Matt's spot. That's fine. Uh, you so know, I'll, I, I'll forget how to speak English and call everybody goons the whole episode. Come fine. on, you goons. Um,
1: it's weird. It was New Year's two days ago. It feels and like it, I, so
0: long ago already. Is yeah, it just me? It feels like May 2nd right now. It
1: really does. Like It's like we're so far into the future, but my God. How was your New Year's? Very
2: chill. Very <laughs> chill. Just. I would say, I think it was five years ago, I had a New Year's party that was like a bust for several reasons, like half the people didn't show up, and then half the people got too drunk, and I was like, I'm never going to try around New Year's again, and I have not regretted it since. It's just been like appetizers, like like usually pigs in a blanket, and pizza, or sushi, Um, and sweatpants and chilling out at home, which is exactly what happened this year. And I will take it. So it was delightful. Plus like, I know Omicron's not like killing people, but I'm not out there trying to get it since I already, I got like the OG and the Delta. I'm not like, I don't need to go for like the tic-tac-toe of it. You know what I mean? So, um, I am good at home, boosted now, living my life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I think you you got pretty beat up from the booster. I missed you on the Wednesday night show, and apparently Matt missed a chunk of it too because he had a you know, I guess, I guess his cats thought they were having the all valley karate tournament during the Sorry, show. Sorry guys, my New
0: Year's was my New Year's was fine. Guys, don't worry about me. I'm so rounding up
1: with Kate. Relax, yeah. dude. I'm yeah. getting into no, you. No, don't
0: worry about it. No, yeah. You rounded up with Kate with a segue in the Matt's cats assholes. That's how you rounded up with Kate.
2: Who it said was about their assholes it was it's one of their the cats they're nick gage and took a piece oh, okay. cutter to the other one
0: <laughs> Whenever whenever i hear matt's cats my initial reaction is nelly's butt
2: that is like 72 percent of the cat talk yeah. on the show right, so, so it, was, it a, makes sense yeah. yeah
0: this was an extenuating circumstance so yeah shout out to to matt's cats and hope uh one uh, nick gage is re- responsible for the actions that you Cats sounds Matt's
2: like his jazz quartet. Matt's Cats <laughs> at the lounge exactly. this weekend. <laughs> keep it, on, keep Kevin. it, on, keep it Kevin, sweetheart darling, how is your new year? <laughs> Let's not leave you out of the conversation.
0: Oh, it's all right. Just the host of the show. It's all right. No problem.
1: <laughs> wow, Kevin's coming in
0: hot.
2: Kevin I asked Kevin you. I just wanted to know how his New Year's was, and now he's- Hey, no, I'm you. not
0: telling you. You know what? I'm not telling you.
2: Yeah.
3: Wow.
0: Yeah, no, okay. it, was, no it's, it, was, it, it was literally this minus you two.
2: <laughs> you logged in to do a show by Yeah, <laughs> I did. I tested
0: StreamYard <laughs> until the ball dropped, and I was just like, all right, I've had enough. <laughs> People out. on CNN are ripping a whole lot of politicians. Let's just go <laughs> watch that instead. <laughs>
1: Uh, it, it was quiet here too My niece and nephew came over earlier in the day But everybody had left by like 6 So it was just me, the wife, and the kid uh, I will tell you this uh, Huge fan of Blondie I love Debbie Harry to death Heart of Glass is an awesome song Miley Cyrus had no business
0: Trying to sing that shit That's the only thing
1: that annoyed me on
0: New mm. Year's Eve Which that's, is actually that's weird That's surprising because Miley Cyrus usually covers stuff Amazingly yeah.
3: Like her,
2: her Jolene cover. Those environments are weird too because you can never hear yourself, and it's like a a very like shitty setup from the artist's perspective. But Miley is like her cover of Zombie and her cover of Jolene are like rival the original good. But yeah, we we missed. She's not
0: this. She's not the same like my and Miley Cyrus that like people knew God knows how long ago. She's like a legit art. Not that she ever wasn't, but like. She does her own stuff and everyone else's stuff so, like, masterfully. So I'm surprised to hear this yeah. take. I have to watch it. No,
3: well,
1: fair enough. I mean, the, the songs Kate brings up, they're they're perfect songs for her voice. The Heart of Glass, not so much. Don't worry. It, it was, no,
0: not at all. Not at Which all. Which one work. is that again? Yeah. So
1: not love. it was a gas. <laughs> so I've heard talking? her sing that. She's good oh, at that. Oh, it's terrible,
2: dude.
1: I've heard her do that one. It was terrible. This terrible. this
2: one wasn't great. And I think her sister was there too, right? I think.
1: the uh, oh. uh, Butthole Eyes was there too. Pete Davidson. I think oh, they, they were hosting butthole together.
2: Eyes. He does. He has assholes for eyes. You never noticed that? He's got some sort of condition. I don't think I could. I And I've seen a lot of cat buttholes. So you think I would have known because I do yeah. a show with Matt, but. I did not notice that he has buttholes for eyes, really. Oh, yeah.
1: And if you Google Pete Davidson butthole eyes, like you'll find like tons of comparisons. I
2: They're- am going to not do that.
0: <laughs> there was a great meme circulating about how uh, Pete Davidson on New Year's is what Beetlejuice would look like if he was alive.
3: Yes!
1: Yes, I saw that. It was <laughs> It was hysterical. It was yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good and I like
0: Pete Davidson so I'm not like hating on him it was just it's so he's like the he, that, they were the perfect two people to host a, a New Year's Eve show together
2: I heard they were really good I had watched like the um, the Seacrest Dick Clark what, terrible whatever jobber of a host that they got to sit yeah. in with Ryan Seacrest. She was and he, terrible. And, he, and
0: here's the thing about that, Kate, is because I watched a lot of that too, only because it's like that's the that's the that's the go-to. That's what it's you go the to. One. That's what you go to when you when you grew up and like when your parents will let you stay up to, to midnight. Like that's what was always on. And now it's just like it's developed. I think they're trying to reach a much younger demographic than uh than maybe some of the other places i I didn't watch a whole lot of nbc's so i don't know but uh but yeah it, it was it was not it was not fun not good i think it was
3: all
1: i think it might have been also tougher this year because they tried to bring it back but then new york city scaled everything back again um i don't think a lot of the artists were available like current artists like i was looking it was like macklemore and ryan lewis were out i was like where the fuck did they dig up macklemore from you know what I'm saying? It was like it was a weird conglomeration of guests across
0: all the shows. I actually saw that performance, and I didn't and I didn't hate it at all. Actually,
1: I'm sure it was fine, but
0: it was just a weird pull. You know what yeah, I'm and saying? And this isn't like, a dig on the talent by any no, by any no stretch no. of the imagination. It's just it was just uh,
2: weird. Yeah, yeah. I think Mclemore on New Year's is like Mariah Carey for December. That's what I've decided. Like his "This Is the Moment," like that is the the Mariah Carey. Um, all I want for Christmas is you, is they like just once a month, or once a year rather, they're like, we're going to go get that guy. The
0: oh, one, is, the is, 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 is Macklemore a New Year's Eve tradition? I didn't know that.
2: I feel like that song always resurfaces around the New Year, because it's like mm. the beat and kind of like fresh starting and, and everybody loves it. But I don't know. It, it was funny. I was like, oh shit, Macklemore again. Yeah. <laughs> like, so- it wasn't.
0: It wasn't like, I'm going to pop some tags. Like See, that's what a I would have been hoping bucket. for, you know? <laughs> I'm really going you know i this is this, fucking me.
3: awesome.
2: The song slaps. <laughs> $20 for
0: a t-shirt.
2: People <laughs> um, don't kind of realize, like, he was one of the first to do it without a label. And that music video, like, fucking... Yeah. Changed the industry a little bit, but this isn't a boring music industry podcast. This is a wrestling podcast, fellas. We're
0: all psss. over the place. Psss. Psss.
2: Psss. Like R. Kelly Sheets.
0: He's still in jail, isn't he?
2: I hope so. I feel like he just got there. He better be.
1: <laughs>
2: Lock I him I up like for t- life.
0: I had a terrible uh, joke a long time ago. It was like, uh, oh no, <laughs> like uh, it was about a joke. <laughs> It was about a joke that I told that didn't go over well, and then I'm like, "Come on, guys! Like R. Kelly shower, like like R. Kelly showers." That joke was golden. Like,
2: oh heaven! <laughs> oh, no. That was
0: I grew up. I grew up since then, Kate. I grew up.
2: Well, we found <laughs> out more about R. Kelly since then, I think is the bigger thing. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> not a good guy. Not a good guy at all.
2: Not great. Not great.
1: Um. So. Let me ask a hypothetical question. If you had a deal with the New Year's Rock and Eve, and they were gonna show you propose to your fiance right after the ball drop, and your fiance said yes, would you celebrate by kissing with your masks on?
3: Did you guys notice this?
1: Did you see you didn't I take it you didn't see this? Well, first of all, the camera cut away while the guy was proposing, which was fucking
2: I don't know why you would cut away from that.
3: Dude, the money the the
1: money's in the finish, Tony. The money's in the
0: finish.
2: Yeah, Impact's they, production crew was doing this,
1: <laughs> pretty much. But then they get up and they like they they didn't lift up their masks or anything. They just like went mask to mask. I was what really? You're gonna marry this woman. You can't kiss her now. Like, and they're really? gonna bone later. Come on, let's get real. They might have bone right there. Who knows? You know, in New York I'm, City,
0: I'm going out on a limb that Uh-oh. they got to do that, and and it was put on TV. But they had to have the optic of. Hey, we're all wearing masks. Look at these people making out. Meanwhile, everyone else in the entire city, no mask. But for this moment, this yep. is the one that people are going to care about. Guys, if you're going to do this, we'll let you do this.
2: But you have
4: keep to keep this your mask. This on?
0: is the moment. This <laughs> 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 t shirt costs $20. I hope that you know what you're getting. I have this, no is money. Awesome. <laughs> this is fucking awesome.
2: This is fucking awesome. I do not understand. So I guess they had like pods. Which okay. they always
1: do. They've had that since like September eleventh. They've they've been putting people in pods. Like in, in pod and...
2: okay, yeah. In yeah. Pods it's of what? Scary. Like
1: twenty thousand? Yeah, pretty much. Oh all right, pretty good. much.
2: Just makes no sense to me. Asian
1: Joe's got a great line on New Year's Eve, pizza rolls, chips, candy, and Royal <laughs> Rumble ninety two is all one needs. I mm. love the callback. Asian Joe fucking
2: rules. Yeah.
0: Asian Joe Asian man. Joe knows what he's talking about.
2: He's the best.
3: <laughs> I was
2: thinking about like people in our community from this year specifically cuz we've got a lot of OGs from your 10 years of podcasting fellas. Asian Joe is such like a standout of this year of people that just fucking rule.
0: <laughs> Imagine we did that, Tony. Imagine we did like the fan of the year award every year. Oh
1: god. I think the last what was it? The last fan of the year award we gave to uh was Louis Ramos, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh
0: my God! You you know what I have to say
2: about Asian Joe, because Kevin hates it it when you steal gimmicks.
0: Uh oh! Oh Oh, no! (laughs) Kate, Kate, if this is gonna keep happening, you're we just can't have you back. Yeah,
1: Kate, I don't understand why Fight Club. See, I don't understand why you think it's okay to steal (laughs) Kevin's gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Not that Kevin stole that
0: from a wrestler or anything, you know.
2: No, RVD stole it from him. I heard.
3: That's right.
0: That's probably true. <laughs> when, we, when we saw him at Legends of the Ring that one time. <laughs> he's like, yo, can I get that? And Kevin's like, no. And he's like, I'm taking Here, it anyway. Here's the thing, though. It, it was like 2006 or 2000, whatever the heck it was. I don't even remember. But whatever it was, like, he just didn't remember that he actually already did that. So he thought that yeah. I gave it to him. Kevin was it, it like
2: like when somebody is like, you can use my finisher? You were like, you can use my, my <laughs> yes. three letter."
0: <laughs> that's funny. I actually had a, I had a top five going about this particular topic, but I just couldn't close it out the way I wanted to. It was literally about using people currently on the roster using other people's finishers and keeping it the same name as they used Ooh. it.
2: Ooh, that's a
3: so good
0: one. It's a good one, but I I I can have five after the break, but it just might be a little twangy, if you will. Unless you just want, unless I can just give you what I had and we can talk
1: about it. Kevin, Kevin's two things would be thought about it or oh, that's a good one.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm trying to think of what's in play that's still called. All right, well, so uh, man, I, I can well, think of My, two. I love, I love my the initial, my
0: initial thing was I wanted to, to do it at, with people that are still active, but then I, the number one would be off the list. So I think I could actually do it. So you know what? Let's put a let's put a pin in this, and I'll ooh. come back with the top five in hour number two after we I talk like to our it. guest john alba who will be joining us at 7 30 uh time stamp talking about his new podcast with the one and only matt hardy who was so kind enough to give us a liner tony that was a great liner he will not die yeah it, we've had that in the uh in the
2: uh, bank of alba. liners for a while fucking alba
0: all right kate is this uh, is this gonna be a podcast of, of just you and him like reading your live tweets about each other
2: no, oh, we'll probably talk she... about the wave for a good 40 minutes, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's so anti the wave. And the best part is, I'm not even pro the wave. I just like pissing off people. So.
0: Well, Kate, I'll tell you this. One time I went to a really boring surfing competition, so I had to start the wave.
2: Kevin, even oh, you're I... better than that.
0: Nope. That's an old <laughs> one that I just pulled out. <laughs> that's, nope. That, that's no, like I'm a not. fake. That's a Facebook status circa like 2017. Oh, man. Kev, when
1: was the blindfold match? That was WrestleMania six or seven. Which with one? With Jake it's and uh, with with Jake and. Um, seven. Okay, they started the wave during that during that match. I thought it was highly disrespectful. Yeah, but no, because I love it. that match. That that that's a, like a low key like favorite of mine.
2: So the man. the meeting ground comes in on that. There's a time to not do the wave and there's a time to do the wave, right? So that's where I agree with Alba. But, like, I don't know. I'm the biggest baseball fan in the world, and some games get really fucking boring.
3: <laughs> okay, so, so,
0: so, so just so we all know, and we could talk to Alba about this, but just so I'm in the loop, I do remember something about this on the social media. But what um, what was his stance on the Wave, and then what was yours?
2: Staunchly anti-Wave. But for what,
0: for what purpose? Was it disrespectful to the game, that whole thing?
2: um i mean he just really hates everything about the way we can get into it when he's on here as i'm sure it's the most pressing Uh, thing we'll have to talk about but uh most of it and actually matt who i'm filling in for it's good because i can introduce the counterpoint has the same issue of like it's disrespectful to the game yes but like that people do it at inappropriate times is like the biggest pet peeve and that i actually fully agree with like you can't be doing it during like great matches. You can't be doing it during like a two-one pitchers duel when there's a runner on second. Like you gotta, you gotta pick your spots for the wave. That I agree <sighs> with. A All wave right. in between innings. Who gives a fuck? Like
0: who, who, who determines? Who, who's better than the fans to determine when it's appropriate to do the wave? They're there.
2: Um. Yeah, but people are idiots. <laughs> No, yeah, but I mean, there I, are... I mean, I guess I guess that kills
0: that... any argument you could have.
2: <laughs> That's true. But there are people who, I think especially because I'm a, I'm a baseball gal, like, there's so many people that go to baseball that don't actually care about baseball. Yeah, true. That
3: so is true. So it's like there's a,
2: a lot of people that are like, I don't really care about baseball, but like, some time in the sun and beer with my friends and it's a yeah. $20 ticket or whatever. Like, so I think a lot of people start the wave ill-timed then.
3: Yeah, um, and
0: and I'll, I'll just to piggyback on that. I, w- I was gonna say that you're probably in the I you're in the minority of people that actually go to watch the baseball. But I think that's disrespectful to baseball fans. I don't think that's 100 percent true. But when I go to baseball games, like I always try to gear myself. Up. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch this game. Then, like,
3: yeah.
0: three three or four innings in, I'm just like, all right,
3: like, I'm I mean, beers. I'll watch.
0: Yeah, like. But I'm smart enough to understand situations of the game, like where people are on the bases and like what an at-bat means. I'm smart enough to get like what an at-bat means to something when people are are positional and where they are. But so I think it's probably split 50-50, maybe Maybe 60-40 baseball fans, 40%.
2: I would say on a day game too, you're bound to find more people that are casual about it because they're like, let's go hang out. A lot of people bringing kids or whatever. So I feel like there's also a difference in that. But I'm not even that pro the wave. I just like to annoy John Alba about things.
0: Oh, well, we'll certainly bring that up.
2: Just like I do you.
0: That's right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's gotten me far, you guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what what were we talking about before we got to the wave? Oh, the top five, which I told you guys to put a pin in. That's right. Yep,
1: I stuck so, the pin right there. So there it put is. Put
0: the pin in that.
1: There
2: is some some love going on in the chat. Ryan saying that White Ryan loves Asian Joe, which that I just appreciate so much. <laughs> there you go. Ah, beautiful. Ah,
1: it's a lovely thing. The chat, the chat's been pretty awesome. Everybody's been been you know very funny and and insightful and annoying at the same time, but we love them all.
2: That's a cute I, way of saying Kate's annoying when she's in the chat. That's <laughs> not true. That's I not true. Know. Well, and when I am, it's very much on purpose. I think you know that by now. Kevin, I
1: will volley to you. Do you have anything we can cover in eight minutes before our guest arrives?
0: It's a great question, man. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually legit like pondering it just because, I mean, we have picks from New Japan uh we could talk AEW uh we could talk i would like to know more about this tony Khan situation that apparently was brewing that kind of flew under my radar we
1: might need more than 8 minutes for that i know kate's uh, had some tete a tetes with people on social media over that one but uh oh, is this the,
0: okay is this uh the big swole yeah. The big sw- yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah what
2: we can talk about in now like 6 minutes um AEW rampage the women's match was like um Busted hardcore match, which was Yo, pretty cool. So, I'm, and also, Hook continues to be really good, and bones nah. is the shit. <laughs> nah, that's
0: Let's stop with the Hook talk, even though I don't hate Hook. What? Only because I really want what? to dive into that women's tag team match, which I rewatched yeah, no, today.
2: Uh, it was like um, sloppy, but it was a street fight, so it was supposed to be kind of. But they got to stop using these new Japan tables that never break. Over in oh, the,
0: only, the only sloppy thing I noticed, which isn't sloppy because it was very difficult to do, is when it was the moon salt onto the table from the outside.
3: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> oh so yeah. That's that's not necessarily sloppy. It's just a it's just difficult for someone, and I don't know who that was. Um, Penelope. Penelope, stop yeah. the it was it was Penelope. Penelope. It was Penelope. It was Penelope. me. Okay. okay.
2: It was me, that's why I remember.
0: <laughs>
3: so I mean that,
2: that's it's difficult, but it was sloppy. But it also was kind of like one of those accidental cool things like happened with Becky where like a botch made a really cool moment, like how Naya split open Becky's face. Like Tay Conti looked fucking awesome with like blood running down her face. <laughs> and it was I now, it's but, a street fight. Like, okay, let's you, fucking go. Was,
0: was the table <laughs> was the table that did not break in that spot that wasn't the same table with the pile driver was it
2: I don't think so
0: I I don't think so I think so it was either. a different one I don't yeah, think I, yeah
2: the pile driver one wasn't like that close to the apron I don't think and if I'm
0: not if I'm not like crazy cuz I literally watched this today I was back at work for the first time and I had a little uh time to to watch I'm pretty sure like it was like a black table that that didn't break and it was like a a regular wooden table that was uh used for the pile drive. i thought it would be cool if they like if it didn't break and you could still use it for something else maybe they did i don't know but uh i i kate i love this match this match was like i think this match was like the true definition of like what it was meant to be because this is like a real long running story for these four too, women. Long.
2: too long yeah like yeah they... maybe, maybe too
0: too long but if you're not super familiar with them like, but you still know that, like, I don't still, I don't know why they all hate each other. I just know that they hate each other. So like, I know it, it deserved this kind of blow off. And I think the four of them have been, I think Taya and, and uh, Anna J are tremendous together. And Penelope, oh, but the, yeah, and the bunny and uh, and uh, Penelope, not, I don't think they connect as well as the other two. I think Anna J and, and yeah. Taya should be like bonded for life in some capacity.
2: Anna, I, Anna, 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 whoa, Deathmatch! Anna, whoa.
3: What?
0: What's um, not Anna? But I say, is it not Anna? No, John, John Silver calls her Anna,
2: Anna, 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 Anna.
3: No, no, okay.
2: Um, I agree with you, and that makes sense because they've, I think, just been working together longer, and I think both of them overall are just a little better in the ring. But, um, you know, Bunny kind of like has grown on me. Her, her in-ring work, I think, has improved a lot. But she kind of reminds me of Carmella a little bit where you're like, maybe you're not the best in the ring, but like you're serviceable enough. And like, sometimes just hysterical. Like this, this Carmella run isn't the my favorite, but like Carmella can be really fucking funny in the ring. Like her facial expressions and the way she's yelling, like Bunny does the, the same to me for that. Like it, it's, uh, they, she, she's really come a long way in her in-ring storytelling, I feel like in that regard.
0: Yeah, and and I think that I haven't seen enough of her wrestling in AEW. I mean, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't fucking know. Fuck but I watched her a lot in, in in Impact, and I thought she was awesome in in TNA and Impact, in the ring, out of the ring, character wise. The demonic bunny, her stuff with uh, Rosemary was awesome. So I don't know if I'm shortchanging her, but all I know is that it takes a moment like this to finally like get people to like believe in you like even even when they may or may not have should have like been believing in you the entire time
2: well Um, and to your point like the vagueness of the feud didn't help and like when it's this long and not that well justified and they're making great strides in the women's division so i I don't want to harp on it too much because i am overwhelmingly negative (laughs) um but like they went into tay's solo feud with Brit and then just came back to this. You know what I mean? Like, like they've been so inconsistent with the story that to have a blow off that was like, all right, even though we didn't give you a really good explanation as to why we've driven home that these people fucking hate each other. And they're now going yeah. to have a blow off like this. Like you're, you're a hundred percent on with that of like, okay, I don't even need to know why as much. Cause it's just very clear that
3: these people hate and, each other. And
0: I know we're going to be joined by our guests in just a couple of minutes, but just to tie a bow on this, I think it's also good because I think that plays into you might hate this person and you might want to beat the crap out of this person, but you're still worthy of this title shot. Do you want this title shot? Yeah, of course I'll take this title shot. Like, I, I'll always hate her. Like, she'll, like I'm, I'm never going to not like, I mean, it's wrestling, so that could change tomorrow. But, you know, like. For, but for yeah, time,
2: like it's, uh, I, I have a visceral hatred, much like Don Alba has toward the wave. Oh, a, and a visceral hatred toward each
1: other. Now, he hasn't I'm even joined so... us yet and you're already talking shit. I can't Oh, I can't you. I
2: can't see so when Kevin said he'll be joining us in a couple minutes, I thought that was like a, he's here. He can hear <laughs> us oh, though, can he? He, he can hear sure us? Oh
0: yeah, sure. he can hear us. He knows he knows what's going on. Well, not only can he hear
1: us, but he could actually oh, uh, you know, him. chime in at this Just... point. Uh
0: Oh, she left. I love it. <laughs> I
1: love it. She's gone. Hi, it John. Makes,
0: Alba. makes my life
4: a lot easier. I had I agreed to an appearance here. I waived my booking fee to appear on the Shining Wizards and yet no one decided to give me the Iggy that Kate Hensler was gonna be uh hosting and presenting and bothering me.
2: What was it that you did to your booking fee All right, in?
0: So, so, did so you John,
3: this, it? This
2: all
0: came this all came about last minute. Uh she Kate is our essentially our, the fourth member of this she's podcast she's the miguel
4: cairo of this team i understand <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> but yeah that's like a very niche early 2000s baseball joke if anybody gets it so
0: oh we get, we do, actually we're actually just do. talking I'm about the, the niche baseball and Ooh. all right so let me ask you this i know Why you don't
4: to... talk about wrestling on this show so <laughs> yeah.
0: you to... the no. Hour. <laughs> no you have to watch wrestling to talk about wrestling true so <laughs> Uh, so, what what would you say, in a in a packed say a packed a packed Yankee Stadium?
1: Oh, why is that not a banner? I don't know. Sorry, what would you ahead. say
0: would be the percentage of casual baseball fans and passionate baseball fans
4: in a in a packed Yankee Stadium? All right, so maybe
0: Yankee Stadium was a terrible a terrible. I was gonna say
4: I haven't seen this new stadium packed ever, so I don't I don't know. The old <laughs> for the stadium sake, for
0: the sake was, for the sake of percentages.
4: I mean, the old stadium had a great atmosphere. The new stadium. Outside of like twenty seventeen, a little of twenty eighteen, there really wasn't a whole lot going on there. The the problem is the 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 Yankees have outpriced okay. their blue collar fan that made so much of that Yankee fan base during that dynasty era. And they've wow. outpriced them. And and so, I like, think that's a baseball wide problem. Okay. But but especially with the Yankees and I don't think the Yankees are putting forth a product right now. Sure, they're making the playoffs, but they're barely making the playoffs. I don't think it's a product that the casual person wants to invest a ton of money to go see. And why should they? Especially when you can watch it at home and not have to deal with traffic. Like at this point in my life, I'm approaching 30. I very much have reached the age of.
3: Old man very over much, here.
4: All right. Yeah. I'm very, no 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 but like like and this is my point here that I'm not that old but I very much have reached the point in my life of let's try to beat the traffic so like <laughs> like so like you know the incentive isn't super high to pay a ton of money to see things so I think as far as like percentages like I'd say the diehards are a very small percentage of any Yankee game at this point
2: Alba who is on your top poster behind you because i think i had the same one <laughs> yeah
4: so these posters behind me the white one that's the 98 yankees okay and then the one above that are the 99 yankees i had, I had something
2: the
4: one. i'm in the process of i'm in a temporary home studio now also known as my childhood basement or uh, bedroom rather and um i'm in the process of kind of trying to set it up for wrestling stuff but i took some stuff down i had from the, I think it was the Daily News from 1998, they did a cartoonized version of every single player on the 98 Yankees on a newspaper rollout. And I just took that down. It's over there somewhere. But yeah, it was back there and got a lot of stuff. I got um, a Ken Danico. I was at Ken Danico night when the Devils retired his jersey. And, you know, they have the banners that they hang up in the rafters. And I... um. (laughs) They gave me, they gave, they gave away to anyone who's in attendance like miniature versions of the banners. So I stuck it on my ceiling with a a thumbtack back in like 2004, and it's still hanging up there. It hasn't been touched since. So it's, I got got some pretty cool memorabilia around here.
2: I had my childhood bedroom was, God bless my parents, fucking lime green, dude. Mm. Like electric lime green. I thought it was so cool. They had to, put like four coats of primer on it before they could even paint it when they tried to sell the house god bless them but my the wall that like my dresser was on was just the same like coated Mm. and all of those we unfortunately lost a bunch of them in a flood which sucks but like I have pictures of it, and I'm like, I remember that one. I remember that one, and I'm pretty sure your '99 poster was was one of the ones I had. But yeah, no, yeah. I got a lot of
4: cool stuff here. It's above me, right there. I got a '98 World Series uh pennant, which is kind of cool.
2: '98 team, bro.
4: Some good stuff. If I mean, if we're just throwing wrestling at the window at this point. <laughs> <laughs> i got we'll get there i've got 139 scenarios to test your baseball rules knowledge right here this book oh, probably hasn't great. been open in 15 years i just got a lot of
0: dust yeah there's a lot of good stuff here so you mentioned the the danico poster uh, I'm wearing a se- i actually had a it was between the seat and hall and the devil's hoodie to wear tonight the last Wait. time actually the first time we met you or myself yeah. and Matt met you, you were wearing last-
4: yeah, the Prudential Center, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, will we be seeing you this Wednesday at Dynamite, or no?
4: Uh, To be determined. I actually, I, I have a ticket, but I'm going to Newark earlier in the day to record episode two of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy with Matt in person. So, how <laughs> is that for?
3: No,
0: it's, well, all right, so, we, it's normally for when somebody drops a name, but yeah. you, know, like, but you have the reason to drop the name. Yeah, it's literally part <laughs> of That's really
4: why it's you're what here. The hell? He's
3: just it's trying a to segue the wrestling. It's
2: to
4: give was, a little hard. If you want me to start it. dropping names, I'll start dropping names. Oh, just got <laughs> a text from so and so at AEW. <laughs> so I just, literally. Thank goodness, he called right before. WWE's top PR guy called me two seconds before this. There you go. See that? It, that was Serving you up.
0: No. No, um, no I, I was going to be the segue. That was going to be the segue. He's normally it's for dropping names, but he's here for the sure. actual yes. reason and that is uh the new Matt Hardy podcast. Uh, uh the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. So let's get right into it. Dive deep dive right into it. You're doing a, a lot of press for the show, yes. a lot of podcasts. Um we'll get into the podcast in a second, but I just want to know How important is it to you to get onto every possible platform you can, no matter how big or how small an audience? Uh, Because some of the biggest advice I've ever gotten was don't ever turn down an appearance because you never know who can hear you and what you can do or what they can do for you at some point.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think what I do, because I I do get a lot of people reach out asking to do interviews and stuff. And that's cool. And I love paying it forward because at some point, you know, I was that 18 year old kid. 19 year old kid who is begging people to come on and do stuff with him i vet everything that i do before i say yes just to make sure that you know you're you're doing it with a quality person you're not being set up you're not doing any of that but outside as long as they pass the eye right. test then then yeah absolutely 100 percent. and
2: you still got set up today brother. no i know
4: i well i got duped. I, I got straight up duped here that's that's the thing um i i got straight up duped here but no, I, I mean, it's important. And I, I'm a big proponent of that, of paying it forward to people, because I think that's super gratifying. As someone in my position, it's very gratifying to be able to pay it forward. And I know that when I because I, I've known what I want to do with my life since I was five years old. And mm. I started doing online live sports talk radio predating podcasts when I was in like seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever and God, I'd shoot my shot with anybody who I possibly could to see if they'd come on and talk with me. And it was like awful. Like I was terrible at it, but <laughs> you, you, you do it cause you get the reps. So if I can help someone get their reps and and try to be constructive and, and be of any assistance a hundred percent. And then I, I like just talking about my show. This is the coolest freaking show that is going to be out there. And I, I mean, we taped episode one yesterday and I'm, I can't wait until you guys hear how cool this podcast is. And it's not the extreme life of Zach and Cody. It's the extreme life of Matt Hardy, <laughs> as someone pointed out to it, so.
2: Was he like I think we've even that? talked about
4: to- <laughs> but I've had many people say it, so
2: <laughs> Was he like I think we um, talked about this that the Hardy boys were like two of your guys growing up. Is like what's that piece of it like to get to be here as an adult? Because I talk about it all the time. I was 21 when I got into wrestling. I don't have, like, the childhood right. memories, but I cried when I met Thunder Rosa like a baby. So, like, what's that like to have that moment of, like, the Hardys who you watched growing up and that you were, like, genuinely super into to, like, yeah. come come to this point, man?
4: It is the absolute coolest feeling in the world. I, I loved... There, there were, like, four people that were my guys back then the rock because everyone loved the rock who didn't love the rock i loved kurt angle and the hardy boys so while everyone's at school with their austin 316 shirts and their road dog shirts and new age outlaws i'm out like... there rocking neon green and purple and wanting to jump off 20 foot ladders and probably i did crack my head open one time trying to do a swanton bomb that was fun Wait, and, wow. and um but but I, more on the micro level, Matt Hardy was the one I resonated with. It wasn't Jeff, and it was nothing against Jeff. I love Jeff. But it was Matt Hardy. I always felt like Matt Hardy was the secret sauce of the Hardy Boys. He just, there was something about him that tied it all together. Jeff was the sizzle. Matt was the steak. Yeah. So I really liked that about them. And as Matt's career unfolded, we saw him overcome adversity. We saw him overcome hardships. We saw him reinvent. And at the heart, character development and storytelling is the bread and butter of what I do and what I focus on. So when I was coming up with ideas for podcasts, Matt Hardy was the guy right from the onslaught. I was like, this is the guy who's gonna have so much to offer.
0: Yeah. And let me let me cut you off real, de- real quick right there, because you mentioned vetting processes when you want to do podcasts. Was there any sort of vetting process, knowing absolutely nothing about your relationship with Matt Hardy, if one existed before or if one right. or obviously one exists now? was there a vetting process between him and yourself? Did you go to him with this or did he, yeah. did he, what did he want to provide this platform and he like interviewed no. or what, like, how was that? What was so, that? Like? So I, I want to say I had
4: the idea pop into my head about three years ago. That I was like, this is something that I think would be a great podcast. You know, just as, around the time, Conrad is starting shows with Jr. and Bischoff. And I'm like, you know, who would have such a great one? Matt Hardy. This guy's been everywhere. He's had so many different iterations of his character. There's so much that he can bring to the table on a podcast, and it would be different. And I just kind of kept it in the back of my head because I didn't really have the platform at the time. So once I signed with Conrad, you know, that gives you a little bit of street cred, right? So <laughs> uh, Matt had followed me on Twitter last summer, and we explained, we, we exchanged pleasantries. We have some mutual friends and then once I signed with Conrad I waited a couple weeks and I was like okay I think this is time I'm gonna pitch him so I just slid into his DMs as one does and I said Matt I got an idea and I know that you're always about reinventing and being ahead of the curve because that's the thing that appeals to me about Matt he's always ahead of the curve he's always been ahead of internet trends he's always been ahead of all that stuff I'm like I have an idea that I think can really change the way that pro wrestling podcasting is done you just got to give me a call and all i need is five minutes of your time so i went three weeks without hearing from him and then uh i got a phone call and said hardy calm on that i was like oh shit okay <laughs> and within five minutes of talking i knew that we were we were going to be set and then before an episode of dynamite in orlando whenever that was what was that like october 23rd or something like that um He and I got lunch. We were supposed to only grab lunch for like about an hour and we were there for like two and a half hours and we just banged out a year's worth of shows there and
0: we were off to the races. So in a world where there's podcasts about professional wrestling everywhere, obviously you pitched him about something completely different and you think you could have a great idea. How hard is it to sell a guy who's literally done everything in professional wrestling to come do a podcast when he's not quite sure? I mean, he's Matt Hardy. We get it. He's him him and his brother, the most popular tag team of all time you understand mm-hmm. but you said it took five minutes was there any specific detail of that pitch that sold him other than yeah. you know we can do it differently is there,
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah. yeah no there was and and i think that's my biggest piece of advice too for anyone who is looking to get into the podcast game you have to do something different and you have to because the market is so saturated right now so you have to do something different So my pitch to him was, you know, right now, nostalgia podcasts are huge and that's awesome. Conrad has killed that market. It's incredible. But what if we had a nostalgia podcast that wasn't afraid to connect to the present, connecting the past to the present, talking about the influences that these events from the past have on wrestling as it is today, and also being willing to break down the nuances of storytelling, character development, and overcoming adversity, because, While many of these other podcasts have no issues going into these things that happened in the past. a many are afraid to talk about things that are going on right now. B for a lot of people in wrestling, the fourth wall still exists. Kayfabe is still something that they don't want to cross. Matt Hardy's willing to Matt Hardy's willing to tell you how a pro wrestling match is put together. Matt Hardy's willing to tell you how the no mercy ladder match was psychologically pieced by piece from point A to point B. And that's going to make a difference. And he's going to educate whether you're a fan or whether you're a current worker or a future worker. I promise you, and I like this is like my biggest swear, and I'm going to say this in every episode you will learn something about pro wrestling in every single episode. And we taped episode one, and I have no doubt that people are going to learn stuff.
2: Is this something that's going to be in seasons or are you just going to release it weekly until week to week? (laughs) Very cool.
4: And I'll tell you guys this now. uh, I think this might be the first place I'm I'm saying this. So here you go. You got a little exclusive. Okay. Um, Just to give proof that I'm not BSing you here, that we're willing to talk about the present. Episode two is going to be about Hangman Adam Page. So uh, a total, I mean, breaking right into AEW ground, we're going to talk about how Matt Helped bring Hangman up through the scene because they actually have a lot of ties, and he played a pretty instrumental role in getting Hangman hot with the Dark Order this past year. So we're going to take you from the backwoods of North Carolina all the way to Full Gear where Hangman Page became the world champion. So I'm really excited for that.
3: I, I know.
1: I'm oh, sorry, you, Tony. Go ahead. You talked about planning out, you know, a hundred episodes when you first got together with Matt. Will we be getting? Uh, Matt's reign is probably the greatest form of ECW, the, WWECW, the ECW WWE CW. You bet your ass we're
4: getting a WWE CW episode. We have already <laughs> talked about that. I don't know <laughs> when that's going to happen, but it is going to happen,
0: 100%. I guarantee I to you, I'm making the guarantee right here, right now. I mean, I don't know what your other topics are. H- Hangman Adam Page is a pretty good one. This will be your highest rated, <laughs> downloaded... Well,
3: my
4: gut tells me episode one, where we're talking the No Mercy Ladder match with Jeff Hardy, who, by the way, just happened to show up without me even knowing. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a pretty Whoa! cool download.
2: <laughs> What is? What was that like? What did that do to you when Jeff Hardy walks in the room and you're well, not expecting it? So I it? did
4: all my preparation, assuming it was just going to be Matt and I. And you're a
2: prepared guy. I know this much about well, you.
4: Really. <laughs> well, the thing is, so, you know, I and Eagle world famous broadcaster is my mentor and what i learned from him is pre-production is production and that's like the most valuable lesson that i think any broadcaster can take with them pre-production is production the more prepared you are you're set i never ever 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 pre-prepare interview questions for any interview i do because i think an interview needs to be a conversation i don't think an interview should ever be i gotta hit this question then this question then this question but I had eight pages of notes of stuff ready for Matt, and we're about to start. And he goes, "Oh, by the way, I might need to get the door at some point during this." I'm like, "Okay, no problem." <laughs> and then we we finished teeing up the match because every every episode, if we're talking about a match, is going to have a match breakdown where we literally point by point go through the match and the psychology be- between each spot. And he's like, "Hold on, I gotta get something." In steps Jeff freaking Hardy. And he's like, you cool if Jeff, like, talks about the match with us? I'm like, "No, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. Like, that's that's awesome. So thankfully, in my preparation, I had mentioned specific spots in the match that were specific to Jeff. So I had Jeff there to bounce stuff off of. And I'm not BSing you when I say this. The 45 minutes that Jeff Hardy is on this episode is some of the finest 45 minutes in the history of pro wrestling podcasting because it is just two of the most creative smart daredevil minds in the history of wrestling breaking down an iconic match and for those of you who watch it on video cuz it'll be available on Matt's YouTube channel you will see the pure joy in Jeff's face as he's talking about this and reliving
0: this match and that was the coolest thing in the world for me so i think actually when i was in when i was in high school i was in a it was a TV journalism class Mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure like everyone like hi- wrestling wasn't cool like people like all the athletes like watched it but like you didn't wear wrestling shirts unless, sure. you, unless you were having to and uh so like i remember i think i actually finally I mean, you can
4: you can hit the bell for me for saying Iron eagle too go ahead I <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry kevin go ahead continue
0: no and i'm pretty sure i brought this match in for them and they finally like I, I try to pitch like wrestling articles for the newspaper try to pitch wrestling articles for the tv station mm-hmm. and uh, and all this stuff and i think this is the match that i brought in i'm like listen even if you're not a wrestling fan you're gonna want to watch this match and you'll have a new appreciation mm-hmm. for wrestling and while you know it wasn't a hundred percent right enjoyed it was uh it, my, the teacher appreciated that i was so passionate about it and if And that was a class of 20 people. Your audience is going to be 10 times more massive. So having this match and having Matt and Jeff, yeah, maybe by five or six, you know, people. Um, So having having Matt and Jeff break this down has got to be, I'm looking forward to it. So it's got to mean the world to you. What
4: I appreciated so much too was Matt put so much effort into this. And I was not expecting that. I'm so used to working some of these shows where the guys just kind of show up and I do all the research and they, Matt reached out to Edge, Christian, Jeff, and was like picking their brains on like, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Do you remember that? And we go into their payday, what their payday was for this match, which Whoa. is going to blow your mind, what their payday was. And I'm not going to spoil it.
0: And I, but... think, and, and I think this is the first time that I've ever seen someone, if, uh, if this is the, not the match, I'm going to be such a jerk. When Jeff Hardy's on the top and he does the leapfrog, the leapfrog yes, the, the,
4: leapfrog, the ladder to the leg drop. No, yeah. it's not just that spot. almost every spot in this match is done for the first time ever right so that's why this is such a huge match there's the leapfrog spot it's the first time we ever see the seesaw spot with the ladder where it gets you know sprung up into faces um and joey mercury destroyed his face on that um yeah there's there's and you're gonna hear the story of who came up with the seesaw spot which it's none of the four people in the match so i'm excited to uh get into that
0: and pretty amazing I just remember I just remember that spot being the reason why I think that non wrestling fans will like it because it's something I've never seen before. No. So if it's something I've never seen before, like like and it like these people were gonna love it. They'll think it's more like, you know, Cirque du Soleil, where I I know it's wrestling, but it's something I've never seen before in wrestling. This is gonna be something amazing for them to watch.
4: The leapfrog spot when we start talking about that, it's uh, man, I, I'm just and I'm not saying this just to like promote my podcast we had our producer who was with us as we were recording this and to be transparent, we actually had some recording difficulties in the beginning. Cause Matt lives in the backwoods of North Carolina and internet <laughs> connection is not very good. So in the first half of the episode, it gets a little rough at sometimes, but when yeah. Jeff popped in, it was like the heavens opened up and everything just worked. And my producer texted me while we're doing this. And he's like, this is unbelievable content. And I'm so excited for people here because Matt is so transparent he's so open and honest. There's and and listen. We all love those nostalgic podcasts. We love Bruce Pritchard, we love uh, Eric Bischoff and all that stuff. They're so entertaining and I love they are the reason that I'm doing this. But you know when those guys are kind of hamming it up a little bit and all that, you're not going to have that with this. Matt is so transparent. And transparency in wrestling, Kate, you know this, it's not easy to come by. So no, not so at all. when you have that, especially from an active talent in a major organization like Matt Hardy. So yeah. And I also, I asked Jeff how he's doing too. So you'll hear what he's got to say. And that's good too.
2: When you, you talked about, and I think about this with Jericho all the time. <clears throat> I feel like so much of their ability to stay relevant in today's wrestling landscape whatever you want to call it is that reinvention piece yeah and like I feel like that's so important I remember Jericho saying he didn't really like get Orange Cassidy kind of until their feud and then he was able to like grasp why people loved him but the willingness to go along with that anyway because the crowd was into it was like such a key part what was that like sitting down with Matt like do does does that check out with you that part of his ability to stay relevant for so long has been his creativity and his ability to reinvent himself like that?
4: Well, that was my pitch to him. My pitch to him was like, "Man, you are a serial reinventor, which means we have so much that we can talk about. There's there's so much meat to the bone here that we can dig into." And what I appreciate so much is that he's willing to talk about his struggles. He's willing to talk about addiction and he's willing to talk about overcoming adversity like that, which is going to be, those are going to be the best episodes, truthfully. So I'm really looking forward to delving into that, but the reinvention is, is a huge element of Matt's career. That is what makes him Matt Hardy, right? So you'll hear stories about how he planned these reinventions. You'll hear stories how he didn't plan these reinventions and, I'm not going to tell you the specific story because I'm going to wait for you guys to hear it on episode two, but the big money Matt character is based off something very close and personal to him. And he wasn't even supposed to be the guy thrust into that position with hangman page for their feud. There was supposed to be somebody else who it was going to be for, and you'll find out who that was going to be. And it's just because he's so adaptable. He's able to be like, I can reinvent into this and slide right in. So yeah. Yeah.
0: It's and it's funny because I feel like the older we get, I feel like the term reinvention gets thrown around a whole lot more looser than it really should be. I mean, you have your obvious ones, your Chris Jericho's obviously com- completely reinvents himself. Matt Hardy literally transitioned from returning to AEW as you know broken, broken and then out of, seemingly out of nowhere, I'm sure there was a little bit more story than I'm remembering, but seemingly out of nowhere, all of a sudden, boom, Big Money Matt, and no one and no one seemed to 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 care, because like now he's tutoring private parties, he's got Butcher, he's got Blade, he's got all these guys that we know from watching small promotions, but now he's leaning that way. Does he delve into how his role is now with those guys not on camera?
4: Yeah, I mean, we haven't taped episode two yet. We're going to, but I imagine that that will come up, no doubt about that. And you'll kind of hear the genesis of Big Money, Matt, and where that comes into play. And there will be more episodes in the future on Big Money, Matt. And what I love so much about this podcast is that Matt's career is not done. There's still more stuff to be written that we'll be able to touch down the line, you know? And I can't stress this enough. It's so important to me to get this point across. This is not just a nostalgia podcast. It's yeah. using the concept of nostalgia, but connecting everything to how it has influenced wrestling today. I genuinely believe Matt is one of the most influential wrestlers in the history of the industry between he and Jeff, everything that they've done separately and together, they have changed the industry. And in Matt's case, multiple times as a hardcore act as the broken character that led to cinematic uh, uh wrestling so many different times throughout this matt was one of the first wrestlers to embrace twitter and social media yeah. like people things we don't even think about matt was one of those guys that was so far ahead of the curve that's why this podcast is going to have legs
0: and of course you're on the line now with uh john alba host of uh the new podcast starring matt hardy debuts january 7th on uh the pod heat network and of course new episodes drop every friday um let me just go back to, to what you mentioned about, um, oh my god, I just lost my train of thought with that plug. Of course um, you did. Okay. That's okay, I'll uh,
2: interrupt you because I have a No, question. no, I got it, I
0: got it, I got it real quick. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait no, I, got I got one it. too, wait, 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 Tony's been shafted here.
2: Tony has been shafted. Tony's always shafted
0: on interviews. I'm fine. fine, I'll just
1: ring the bell.
2: <laughs>
0: um, so this idea that you had about connecting the tissue between nostalgia and current wrestling is, you said it's three years in the making, but an idea like that seems like it's way more than just three years for something, for something like this weird. What was the impetus of this idea? Because it's something that you said is different. Was the idea, hey, I got to think of something different. So this came, or was this the idea that you had first? Oh, and by the way, it's different. Well, the, the
4: idea was what would a Matt Hardy podcast sound like? That was where it kind of all started from. And I said, just like straight up, Oh, him talking about past events would be really cool. But when you have so many of these come up and keep in mind, so this was 2018. I come up with this. There's not a ton of them, but they're growing and growing, and growing. And Conrad's got some other people have some. So how can you make it different? Cause the key to success in broadcasting is how can you be different? And that was what immediately appealed to Matt. So I just was trying to formulate ideas and like, you know, producing content is kind of what I do for a living. That's, you know, I I have a TV background where I produce TV at the national level. I produce it at the local level, at the regional level. So when you're someone who has to constantly cultivate ideas and, and come up with stuff, your brain just kind of thinks a certain way. So I would see something on TV and I'd be like, okay, how can we adapt that and make it this way? How can we do that and do it this way? that's kind of, if you're a content creator, you, you have to think like that. And I, I mean, I can't go into specifics right now, but I have another podcast that I'm going to be launching soon. That is also very much, uh, I mean, Kate kind of knows about it, but uh, without going into s- details, it's extremely, different. different, extremely yeah. different. So that's just kind of what you have to do. All right. What but, do we got here? This question. Asian yeah. Joe
1: asked. other than Matt Hardy, is there any other wrestler that you would have wanted to do this kind of show with?
4: Like, do a podcast with or do this specific show with? Because, like, this specific yeah. show, this is Matt Hardy. And, like, like that was I, – I made this concept for Matt Hardy specifically. Are there other wrestlers that I would love to do shows with? Yes, 100%. I spent months trying to pitch one recently – released. I won't say who, but one recently released WWE talent – from this past summer's group about just like being ahead of the new era of wrestling and like how can wrestling uh, constantly adapt and like get into psychology and all that. And they, they weren't feeling it. And that's cool. Like you're going to get rejected by people. And there were tons of other people I'd love to work with. I would love to have more cracks at hosting the Kurt Angle show. I had such a blast hosting the Kurt Angle show. Kurt was one of my guys too. So just getting to talk to him on the episode that I hosted of that. So there's, there's definitely a few, but for me, Matt was, that was it. It was Matt Hardy.
2: With Matt's like, when we've talked about his reinvention, but one thing that I think gets lost in that conversation is the versatility of being, a tag wrestler, a singles wrestler mm-hmm. now leading a stable. Is that something that you, you plan on delving into as, no. as episodes go on? Like the differentiation between all those different types of storytelling within this form of storytelling?
4: hundred percent. And awesome. that's that's huge to the reinvention of being able to do it all in different ways, right? So the stories that they tell in this first episode about this tag team ladder match, those life experiences are going to be different than him in episode two, talking about working against hangman page and ring of honor in 2013 as a singles act. So that's what will be so great about the show. Cause every episode will be so different. And I've thought about doing certain things linear, but I think that will kind of lose some of the unpredictability of the show that, you really don't know what we're going to talk about on any given week. Cause we are hopping from the match that launched the Hardy boys career to a match that we saw within the last year. That was just yeah. important to Matt. And then I, I, we haven't formalized specifically the next few, but I imagine at some point in the next month, we're going to talk about Omega pro wrestling, which is the promotion that the Hardy boys started in North Carolina in the mid nineties. So we're going to go back and forth between all this stuff. And you're going to hear all these different characters come out through
0: that.
2: Two-parter for you. And then I'll let Kevin, who is chomping at the bit. I got, I
0: like, he said, you don't prepare questions, but every answer just creates more questions. (laughs) That's
4: that's what good interview. And I want to, this is a great point to make, actually a great interviewer. And I'm don't you ever think I'm calling you a great
3: interviewer.
4: (laughs) 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 Well, hensler knows i'm definitely not talking to her but um what i'm saying is great interviewers they ask follow-up questions based off of of what what the person responds so for anyone who's out there listening a little journalism piece of advice there follow-ups 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 so go ahead kate hensler follow up on what you were gonna say
2: so enough about matt hardy i want to know about john alba um and a little bit with matt hardy too how like were you just very confident in the concept so you didn't really have nerves or were you still like oh my god this is Matt Hardy my palms are sweaty like holy cow and when you're putting the show together it sounds like you had a really fleshed out concept but it also sounds like he wanted to have a lot of input so What does that barter look like as far Mm -hmm. as putting episodes together? Is it he's like, these are the things I want to focus on. These are the matches I want to focus on. Or are you like, I want to hit X, Y, and Z. And he's like, let's take it to here, there, and everywhere.
4: Yeah, I wasn't nervous about talking to Matt Hardy or anything like that. I I think when you do what I've been doing for as long as I've been doing, you know, in NFL locker rooms, in NBA locker rooms, that stuff kind of wears off on you. You don't, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen things in nfl locker rooms i've seen parts of human (laughs) beings of very prominent (laughs) human beings Uh, you know maybe maybe the all-time uh winning a super bowl champion quarterback and uh you when you see those things nothing really phases you so reaching out to matt didn't bother me but for my personal reasons i really wanted this project to happen and for him too this is such For me, this is like the ultimate way that Matt can give back to wrestling and help educate people. So I really wanted it. And he was so down. And what has been so awesome is in these last three, four months, I've really gotten to know Matt at a personal level. And this guy that I grew up watching on TV as a little kid, he's now like someone that I would call a close friend. And I've he trusts me entirely to come up with everything for the show throughout the week. I pitch ideas to him. I bounce it off to him. He says, yes, I can talk about that. No, I don't know if I have that much to go off here and it's been incredibly collaborative. And he texted me something just so nice yesterday and complimentary that I'm going to save for the rest of my life that it, it meant so much to me. And yeah, man, it's, it's been nothing but, Awesome so far.
2: That rule what's your
1: experience been like uh working with limitless limitless wrestling? Easy for me to say.
2: You're unbanned, damn it.
4: <laughs> well, I love I love working on the indies. I love working on the indies. And limitless is kind of my home promotion. And I genuinely believe that limitless is one of the top promotions in the country. I, I really think it's got some of the best wrestling in the world, quite frankly, at the independent level uh had in my opinion the indie match of the year this past year with jd drake and daniel garcia and then just this past week at Restival, um jd drake and alec price again yeah alec price is unbelievable and he's the next guy to break out in pro wrestling but um it's i've been involved with limitless pretty much since show number two back in 2015 and and seeing the growth has been incredible we've had some ups and downs i've been banned twice from limitless which uh not super cool one was a three-year ban and the last was just a three-month ban but um it's a great promotion prestigious is running wild and i'm unbanned now i can show up whenever but i was planning on showing up at festival in worcester massachusetts but i was told by limitless wrestling promoter randy carver that it was Wausau, wisconsin not worcester <laughs> so here i am in Wausau. And I realized with 10 minutes before Prestigious's match that uh, I'm supposed to be in Worcester. You know, it's very easy to mix those up.
2: Of course. And
4: I put out there into the Twitterverse if there are any 10-minute flights from Wisconsin to Massachusetts. But apparently, there aren't. So, that sucked. Uh, but you never know when I'm going to show up.
1: I can't believe you fell for that.
4: <clears throat> it was inc- Randy Parver <laughs> has a history of being very misleading. And... <laughs> and- and sounds he, like an ass. It's almost like he doesn't want me to be there. It's almost <laughs> I didn't as know if know better.
2: Almost as if. Um, let's talk about that though, real quick, because you I knew you were managing you took some damn bumps, dude. <sighs> let's talk about the fact that you legit like attempted some serious elbow drop stuff. You took yeah. a really nasty sincere spot in the corner because davian kicked your ass
3: um
2: (laughs) it's not all about the wave it's also about you getting your ass kicked but sincerely i didn't know um because managers take spots all the time but you took some real real spots what was um behind the curtain if i'm putting together a podcast with the extreme life of john alba here what is uh what was that like was it were you scared getting in the ring like and how long was Had you been taking spots? like Give us a little insight.
4: This was probably my fifth match ever, but it was definitely the biggest match. I'd done like three Battle Royals slash Royal Rumbles. I did a handicap match back in 2017 where I didn't really do a whole lot. But it was January of last year, so a year ago. And Randy came to me and was like, what would you think about doing a match in like September? And I'm like, go on. What are you thinking? And we started talking, and we built this incredible story that was literally, and I, I mean, you don't see this stuff on the. And this is what I love about Limitless. You don't see this stuff on the indies, where there's a nine month storyline with a plan from start A to from point A to point B. And I had in my if you've seen the match, you can go find it on IWTV. I had that vision for the finish in my head dating back to February of what that moment would look like, where she had me in a Boston crab and my guys all try to make saves and they all get caught. And there's this circle in the middle and everyone's standing. I had it in my head. I'm like, if we can get this visual, people are going to lose their minds. And it was insane. Uh, The day before I went to the dojo, I was going to do an elbow drop in the match. And I'm like, jesus christ like, <laughs> and i practiced 40 elbow drops the day before going up to the top dropping the elbow going up to the top dropping the elbow it was ready to go until an hour before the match in which they cut it from the match oh. <laughs> and then i rim. ended up getting gorilla press slams but i brought you a souvenir because i knew you were going to bring this up <gasps> here is the shirt worn in that match that Day-B-N Ripped open amazing in order, to, in order to chop my chest. It said together, it's it's hard because you ripped it, but it said make Davian prestigious again. And then on the back it said, um, I was there, like the WrestleMania shirts. <laughs> um 925-21 <laughs> Yarmouth maine I would um, pay
2: good money for that Josh.
4: Jeremy Lamberts claimed the throne already. Of on. course he did. Right, if you want to get in a bidding ward with him, go ahead. But uh absolute blast, it hurt like hell. And uh, she killed me. So that was that. But you know what? No grudges. New year, new me. And we'll see what happens.
2: I'll ask my final question before I turn it over to the fellas. And this is a sincere question. Okay. Has anyone started the wave during your matches? Because you are out there about it. Nobody started the wave during your matches. No,
4: because they're all stupid and they don't read stuff. But they'd be smart if they did. But they'd also be stupid for doing the wave. So if they ever tried to do the wave during a match, I'd just leave.
2: Just it, writing down, okay, go cool. to oh. Limitless Wrestling.
3: <laughs> hey, Limitless is not the only place I work. I just want to make that clear. Hey,
0: John, you're, tell- you're telling me that if-, if you weren't attending a surfing competition and it got really boring, you wouldn't start the wave? Oh,
1: no. I should
0: leave right now. You
1: should. Oh, my God. You should. At you no should. point
4: uh. in your incoherent rambling response <laughs> could you say anything that could be considered a rational statement, Kevin. Everyone here is now dumber, dumber. for having listened to that. that- I award you no <laughs> points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
0: Tell me right now, though, after a couple of minutes, you're going to st- you're going to laugh at that.
2: No. No, no, no. Kevin.
0: No. No. Right, so going back to my other questions uh, <laughs> yes, before please. I was called a terrible interviewer. Um
4: <laughs> sorry I, I need to make this i need to make this very clear kevin there are two personalities to john alba there's john alba who answers very earnestly <laughs> and honestly and then there's the emmy award-winning john alba character that oh, may have, <laughs> he, he came out in that moment so
2: where's so erica good. right now i know i said that was my last uh erica you. is in orlando right still? now. still
3: all yes, right so. i miss her. I,
0: so I'm actually surprised I remembered both of these questions because it's been sure. like 20 minutes. Yes. And I, have, I have the memory of a freaking goldfish. <laughs> oh, um, get, down. Not, <laughs> get out of here. Um, <laughs> all right. So you mentioned your concept of whether or not you wanted it to be linear. And I feel like the concept that you pulled fashioned itself to not be such just because of that. I'm sure there might be a time where you want to continue something that you might not yeah. think you have enough time mm-hmm to do but I think that it's such a genius concept because it won't people will keep coming back but just not to see what happened next it'll be like here's a new story that I want to tell like weekly is that something that kind of just entered into your mind like we want to present like a a, it's almost like presenting a series premiere every week yeah and
4: like I was thinking about it because I'm like okay here's a topic broken Matt Hardy do you do one three-hour episode on broken Matt Hardy or is that something that you can stretch over the co- course of four episodes? Because I think the broken journey can be talked about from mid 2016 all the way into the end of his WWE run, like truthfully.
2: So and like, yeah, across three different promotions. Well, and then too. there's the
4: Expedition of Gold that is an episode itself. Yes. And oh my god! And and. And that's what I'm saying. There's so much stuff. And there is an incredible story that when the time comes, I cannot wait because he told me this story. And I almost want to forget about it so I can feel like I'm hearing it fresh again when we record the episode uh, um, about the WrestleMania 33 return. All right, which so just two I more be, me
0: real quick before I let you go. Um, how much research did you, I mean, I know you've been a lifelong fan, but how much actual like time and effort and hours have you put in, is it something that you do all at once or is it just idea by idea
4: for like researching for an episode? Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm working throughout the day on and off for like three, four days on it. So like I've been working, it, I'd say to get all the prep ready for episode one, it probably took about four days of just on and off going through newsletters, watching the matches, writing notes. And cause we could have paid a researcher to do it. Like, we have researchers on our team. But I'm not the kind of guy that learns by just reading off something. I need to, like, see it and and very tangibly learn it. So that's kind of my methodology when it comes to researching. And, yeah.
2: And it's like, who doesn't want to go watch awesome wrestling matches, right? Well, like- and if I'm
4: going to talk about breaking down a match and the psychology of the match, I need to see it firsthand. Yeah. You know, one thing I do think I – have a pretty good understanding of, and it's because I work on the independent scene and see how matches are laid out. I have a pretty good understanding of how to tell a story in a match. So, if I can convey that and break it down piece by piece, and why does this make sense to do this here versus this here versus this here, and compartmentalize that, then I'm doing my job well as the presenter for this.
0: I, I had a follow up question, but Kate, you know, completely decided to uh, <laughs> to, to jump right in there. Um, uh, so researchers automatically brings me to ad-free shows because everyone mentions on these shows the researchers and stuff like that what has your experience been like working and again a, a plethora of of experience in the sports media world mm-hmm. but this environment under these people that has quickly become probably the most popular dynasty if for lack of a better word so fast so quick uh how does that feel feel to be thrust right into that so fast
4: it was a really big learning experience for me because I was so used to having to do everything myself in TV news. Like, there's no news crews anymore. Like you are a one man band. So I was doing that. And then when I joined with Ad Free Shows, it's like there are people who are designated to do this and this and this. And you know, people don't realize how big Conrad's team is. He's built yeah. an empire. So there's people facilitating different roles. So that was a lot to adjust to. But I've they, to their credit, they have given me a ton of creative freedom. I have several shows on ad-free shows that are exclusive to that platform. Uh, one-on-one with John Alba, which is a long-form interview series that I've always wanted. And they have been so therapeutic for my soul to just get a chance to do long-form interviewing. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. So getting to do that, uh, I have a part in the interruption style show with Danny Cage, the owner yes. of the Monster Factory, and that's called up for, up for Debate, and that is so cool, that show. It's yeah. so, I think it's like the coolest wrestling show in the world right now, and um, that's been a blast, and there's a few other miscellaneous projects that I've had in the works, too, for ad-free shows that you'll and see. And I, I, think, I
0: think it's so cool that you you, like, you linked up with Danny Cage because we all love Danny Cage here. It's Ab- absolute
4: the best. Don't inflate his ego. He does, that's, that. <laughs> <no>. Listen. <laughs> I got, no, I got, tw- I got Twitter damage.
0: for that. I got Twitter for that. He doesn't listen to us. I got, tw- I got Twitter to, to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to get at him uh, before, before I let Tony close you out with all your plugs and all that great stuff. Um, I would love, I don't know if you've done this already. Right, you probably have because we, the, the word that keeps coming up is reinvention. I would love to hear Matt Hardy in his own words, define what the term reinvention means in pro wrestling anyone can switch characters and do this and that but sure. I-, I would love to know what he thinks reinvention truly means
4: well the beauty of that kevin is that in every episode we do hashtag ask matt so if you would like to submit a question to the podcast you are more than welcome to submit that and hashtag ask matt uh-huh. how crazy is that look at you
2: does yeah. he respond with matt facts
4: well okay so actually here you get an <laughs> oh, you I want love the exclusive version of exclusive you want exclusive <laughs> part of the caveat was every single episode begins with a mad fact <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: that's awesome it's like my favorite so, math thing ever and
4: and the cool thing is like you know mad facts are usually like funny and often irrelevant but these mad facts are actually relevant to the topic at hand yeah. so, eh, well, so, <laughs> so so well well i I'll, I'll, so like here's a I'll, I'll spoiler i can't believe i'm giving you all these spoilers here for episode 1 but uh, the Matt fact for episode one, which is about the No Mercy ladder match, is Matt Hardy has never met a la- has never met a ladder that he's afraid of. So it's awesome. So, so like you know, it's very Matt Hardy but yeah, but also it's relevant to the topic at hand. So every single episode will start with the Matt fact.
2: Awesome. I love that, and I'll let Tony close you out, but. We just bust balls so much, but on a sincere level, I fucking adore you, and I'm so glad you're moving back to Jersey, and I'm going to make you is hang this... out all the time.
4: Oh, so you are busting my balls half the time. Is that what this is?
2: <laughs> oh, crap. K okay, bro. Okay,
4: <laughs> No, I'm going to show you guys something very, very, uh, oh, no. very nice right now. No, no, this is very nice. This is from Dynamite, where you and I took such a...
3: <laughs> very
4: Aww. genuine... I mean, listen, you look adorable there, but I am hot as shit there. I mean, really. I'm not
2: going to lie. You still had the heel beard growing in. You look oh great. Look I have my it. patented cheese grid on because that's the only way I know how to stand.
4: look at the hair. I mean, it is good stuff there. So, yeah,
0: I'm going mean, to call that it,
1: smile the Kate from now on. Just Yeah, mm.
4: <laughs> Kate, yeah. Kate's always <laughs>
0: happy to be everywhere no matter what the situation.
4: Yes, absolutely. No, listen, I... I i kate is a, is a gem like 96 percent of the time that's but, the man, nicest thing anyone's
2: ever said about me thank uh, you
4: no problem but <laughs> no it's fun stuff guys in
1: fairness i don't i don't see what billy gunn said he saw on you that you had a punchable
4: face uh, I, I don't oh come on this is a very punchable face no,
2: no, well, not the guy actually, in the... i didn't think that either like from a sincere level i would not have been like that guy is is punchable
3: no the you're guy nice. in the
1: picture the guy in the picture you just showed no, you right there yes. maybe a
3: little <laughs> right. bit very that's- much so
4: <laughs> well, it's different when you walk around with the Emmy and like you're you're, you're, you're you're no but I'm serious, I'm serious it's like it's you know you're you're goading people to want right. to just, ugh, just kill that guy and like that's the most fun and the- there is nothing more fun. I-
1: I do have one last question before oh, before I got you, time here. I
4: got up. I got till 9. So you you let me know when, when we're good.
1: So when when Jeff Hardy comes to the door and I'm thinking Matt would say it in my scenario, but I want to know in your head did you oh, think boy. brother Nero I knew you I knew you come um, well, okay, So
3: uh,
4: I'll, again, I'm giving you guys a bunch of exclusives here. So <laughs> blue chew is one of the advertisers for this podcast of course and well, so old. i'm like i'm like okay i gotta get as many matt hardy puns into this blue <laughs> chew read as possible and you know how can you you can take your sex life from v1 to v2 you know like uh you know like
2: his the word heart isn't his last name it's right Christ. right yeah and,
4: you know, Matt <laughs> realized the importance of taking the twist of fate into your hands rather than making yourself a whisper in the
0: wind. You know, like there's there's, just, how about, there's, how, there's so many opportunities there. How about this one? How about Chew? Delete
4: and repeat. There you go, delete and repeat. I oh. mean, the first line of the promo is, do you want to make your gimmick go from broken to woken? So, <laughs> but, 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 but but, but, anyway, the one that I didn't put in the read, and I'm going forward it will hundred percent be is how did we not get him saying it or or me saying it that I knew you'd come yeah. i how did I not get that in the read like I knew you'd come that's oh, the cool. one that. so we we that one did not make the read for episode one, but uh <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a read. lot of good ones there's still a lot of good ones that I think you'll pop for so.
1: There's got to yeah, be a willow reference in there somewhere too.
4: There's there's out. a lot of subtle ones too that that even just talking about side effects, you know, it's like there's, there's, so, many, there's so many different things. So yeah, oh it's, it's, Matt. Thankfully, Matt Hardy lends himself to a lot of shit like that.
3: Have See, you met
2: is, Matt's booty shaking wife yet?
4: Uh, virtually.
2: Okay, very cool. Is she awesome? She seems lovely.
4: She is a spitfire Latina
3: also seemed like that
4: so yeah
1: john alba has been with us uh social media at john alba on twitter at john underscore alba on the instagram of course we've been talking about it for the past hour he is the new host of the extreme life of matt hardy with of course matt hardy uh check it out at, at matt hardy pod new episode drops friday it's the no mercy 99 ladder match with the hardy boys uh, between the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, excuse me. Every Friday, new episodes. Like I said, debuts Friday at Pod Heat and also, of course, at Ad Free Shows for all the other stuff that John's been doing. Anybody got any follow ups uh, for John before we
4: let him run? I what the tongue. fuck's the
2: wrong with the wave, John? Come on. Oh,
4: way, you want to know what's the problem with the wave? The Here's the thing people pay good money to go to sporting events, right? Like, it's a pretty penny. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation. It's a pretty penny to. Go to a sporting event. So if you pay money to go, you reserve the right to do whatever you want. I believe in that principle. But with that said, you're paying money to go to a sporting event, to watch said sporting event, and to respect said sporting event because you have paid your hard-earned money to, to watch said sporting event. So when you're doing the wave, you're saying, look at me. I'm an idiot. I'm taking away from the action that's going on right now. And you're making an ass out of yourself. You're making okay, an ass out of yourself.
2: We're both baseball kids, right? Yes. Four hours into a game. Listen. Three, two I, count. I, runner I on first. I get that.
4: <laughs> I get that. But okay. how can you not be romantic about baseball?
2: Hey, and there the, it is.
4: And the answer is, well, you see what's been done to the game, but right, yeah, people no, right, no. no. who Hang run up. baseball don't even like baseball. <laughs> that's 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 what happens. So, um. I just, I think the wave is just...
0: So, and that's what that's what kind of brought me to the my initial question with you in terms of the casual versus the diehards. If it's more casual, you kind of get the feeling that they're starting to wave because they have no idea what the heck's going on. Or they're diehard the and they're just bored. <laughs> like, don't go to a game at that point. That's just, I don't know. That's how I view it. And I get some people
4: want the social activity of doing yeah. it, but yeah. there are better ways to have social activities than to spend $50 at a baseball right. game. Right, sure. <laughs> if that's if that's your recreational time, then awesome, good for you. Um, I'm that's neither How here nor social there.
2: is Kevin getting with blue chew? It's I don't know.
4: Much. Uh, popping a blue chew before you go French to a social gathering probably seems like a terrible idea,
0: quite frankly. But oh, you didn't say gathering,
4: just I
2: uh, mean, we're talking about uh, 50,000 being a baseball game, but <laughs> um, no, oh, I, I mean, I
4: keyed
0: in the word social. I mean, I
4: just, uh, you know, that's that's how I view the wave, and it's funny because I get obviously so many questions about pro wrestling, and people want to talk about wrestling, but I think a lot of people forget that, like, at my heart, I'm a sportscaster, and like, I love talking yeah. about sports, and sports are still my ultimate, and baseball specifically is like my ultimate love.
2: What's and your number two, like, of? I know you're a baseball. The guy, big so. four. Yeah.
4: Um. Ooh probably basketball, then football, then hockey. But there was a time period where I was so knee deep into all four of those. Yeah, And I didn't miss a Devils game. I didn't miss a Nets game. I didn't miss a Giants game. I didn't miss a Yankees game. I'd have multiple monitors. Uh, Then as you grow up through the years, that kind of changes a bit. And when you become an actual sports journalist, you check a lot of that fandom at the door and you learn to watch things very objectively. And I watch pro wrestling extremely objectively now, despite what people on Twitter like to think. And but but, no,
0: you're you're a a homer for no matter what. You're a homer. You're you're a homer for
4: for WWE. You're a homer for AW, You're a homer for and these people don't even know half the things that I've dealt with. And and, and, and like, I mean, Kate knows some of it, but like (laughs) some of the shit that I've dealt with with some of these promotions. And I'm not just talking the major ones, even minor ones. one day I will write a book and and I actually i started said book um and it's appropriately called um based off a sign that I got at, at a limitless show one time by a fan who the hell let John Alba back in and um, <laughs> and and boy, will there be some great stories there It will probably come out like thirty years from now, but there will be some good stories.
2: Let me ask you this because you have been open in other interviews about um how much your mental health was affected by like kind of your rise in, in sports casting. I experienced this on the music side where I very much started to hate working in music because I was working in it so much and so burned out and it was so punishing. Was there a time where you ever questioned getting out of sports entirely or did it affect your love for sports or did the love stay there? Cause I know I was like, I don't want to listen to a note of music and it came back, but like, That burnout piece of it is is very real, and I really had a hard time, like, with my relationship with music after that.
4: All the time, all the time. Um, I came very close to getting out of sports in the summer of 2018. I nearly took a lifestyle show job and at NBC Connecticut, um, which I like low key, very high key, want to be Guy Fieri one day. So, low key, very high key, like, like getting to host a lifestyle show for me is so up my alley and I would love to, I still would love to do something like that. So I came very close to walking away from it then. And as I kind of cultivated more following in pro wrestling too, um, there were a lot of times I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so burnt out from pro wrestling. And when you feel burnt out from something you love so much, it sucks. It's like the worst feeling in the world. And there was an incident. I mean, some of you may remember this. There's probably about a month and a half, two months ago, where someone, I won't go into specific details of it, but someone quite literally tried to end my career um, by making a complete fabrication of, of making something up that some people in a major organization believed. And, I mean, I had full proof that it was fake and even had the cops involved at one point. But it was at that point I was like, I don't know if I can make this jump at pro wrestling full time. I, I don't know because tribalism is so insane in pro wrestling. It's insane. But, you know what? Cooler heads prevail and I love pro wrestling. I love the art of it because I think it's an art. I really think yes. really it's an art.
2: storytelling. It's and... undeniably an art.
4: And I love storytelling. I, I I grew up in the school of Boyd Hooper and Steve Hartman and Tom Rinaldi. And I love it. So I just try to remember that. And that's kind of what has been propelling me forward. And now this Hardy podcast, I was really worried. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I thought that we were gonna announce this podcast and people are gonna be like, eh. And there it's Matt Hardy. But seeing the response has been incredible. So I hope you guys love this episode as much as and this show as much as I love recording it because it was the single most fulfilling thing I've ever done as a broadcaster. Do you have Um,
3: a a
2: go-to match, like party? Just in general, like if you're feeling burnt out on wrestling, what's like your go-to match?
4: If I'm feeling burnt out on wrestling, I'm not watching wrestling. What?
2: Is there one particular match that reignites your, your love, um, beard, I should say?
4: You just give me a great technical wrestling match sure. that I can watch the shit out of where it feels like a sporting event.
2: That's the That's best. Your vibe.
4: Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, Jonathan Gresham, Lee Moriarty. Give me one of
0: their matches. Hell yeah. I'm set.
2: Okay, I'll all shut right. up because I could talk to you all day. Yeah. <laughs>
0: John, I want to thank you again. That's John Alba. Thank you guys Twitter for having me for so long. John underscore Alba on the IG you may have had them flip flop, but I think, yeah, I, I, think I, I got it right. Yeah. Uh, the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy debuts January seventh on Pod Heat. Uh, follow him. It's gonna be great new episodes every week. Like I said, every episode will probably feel like a series premiere. Um, so we appreciate it. Anything you want to leave anyone with before we let you go? no i want to hear feedback i want to hear what people think about this show and that's important
4: to me i i firmly believe that episode one will not sound anything like episode 25 so god willing we get there so awesome. i i just i want feedback from everybody and my dms are to a fault always open and um, <laughs> tell and, me about
0: it and, and, and one, yeah yeah go ahead kevin no, I'm sorry, and the pod, Matt Hardy Pod <laughs> is the handle for the yes, actual podcast. Matt, Matt, you know, Matt Hardy Pod on Twitter channel. and Instagram. As well. um,
4: It's going to drop anywhere you can get your podcasts, so Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Matt Hardy Brand. Um, and the only other plug I have is I, I kind of put this out there yesterday, but probably look around February, I'm actually starting a coaching service for – Um, people who want to get into
0: broadcasting
4: and people who want to get into interviewing and anchoring and storytelling.
0: How do do I sign up?
4: There you go, right? (laughs) So uh, I'll have all the information on that and it's going to be a really cool service where you can interact one-on-one with me and I can try to help coach you. I've mentored a lot of people in this industry and I get a lot of gratification from teaching, so I I hope that people take a look into that.
2: Lazy as usual, Alba.
4: I know, right? (laughs) thank you guys i appreciate you uh, I even you. even you, kate
2: oh thanks buddy
4: <laughs> hope to see you around jersey yeah, soon man. Be well. i did it for you okay I did it for you
2: Clipping never again forever
4: never again okay.
1: guys. thanks again john be well oh man I, I wish nothing
0: but the most success for him for this show it sounds like it's yeah. gonna be amazing just he's a, just uh, comes across as a real good dude like and I didn't realize how much experience he had outside of wrestling. Like when we met in Newark, like I knew what he like he did at Limitless and, and the stuff he had with Davian and, and all that stuff. Uh did not know all that experience in his sports and news uh career. So um okay. yeah, that's great. Anytime you can get advice from someone like that is uh is invaluable. So thank you again, John.
2: A good steal for Jersey, getting him back from Florida, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm excited. Many uh yeah. many some wrestling some independent shows in the future, some good stuff, hanging out, some good hangs, maybe. We'll see.
2: Hell
0: yeah. All right. Tony, do you I know guys, it's late? Well, but... yeah, yeah, top you... five, yeah, yeah. Top five. Yeah, yeah. Top five. No, no. I, that's I'll give them the official top five on the Twitter, but I really. Yeah. I, do we break? It's so all very
2: do? dark ordery. My hand on that one. <laughs>
0: if you guys want to
1: take a break, I could run through all the plugs real quick. So yes. we don't have to run the whole commercial break and whatnot because, uh, one, I don't think we need to talk about everything tonight, and I know there's a couple of things that maybe we want to do,
0: maybe we don't want to do. I think the agenda would be picks, f- past and upcoming, mm-hmm. and a brief synopsis of, of Dynamite. I mean, I don't even care. Like, we can come uh, back and talk well, about we could, it. We could save Dynamite for
1: Wednesday night show, you know, the, the Mark Order podcast. Yeah, members and we, and, and, t- and we touched a little bit on Rampage, so I think we're okay. We could talk about day one as well. I mean, just mention, sure. you know. Well, we could talk about uh, Big Swole, and we could do oh, a yeah. top five if we
0: have it. Yes, I think we got which, enough. Which is why we gotta take a break. <laughs> all right, so you
1: guys go, you guys go pee and poo and do whatever else you need to do. I and or, uh, or okay, or just I'll take handle a break. all this. All right, all right. <laughs> go ahead. See you <laughs> later.
0: Goodbye. Um, it's gonna, it gonna be, uh, it's gonna be the mark order thing here. Probably. Let's oh, see. I know I can switch it. Let's go. That's all right, it switch is. it up. Let's go. Oh no! Wait. How do I? What's going on here? Oh, stop cam. I always forget the stop cam thing. There you go. That's all right. You can do whatever you want. You can
1: do whatever you want in this life, like the jerky boys used to say. Anyway, of course, while these guys are taking their break, Ski, I will continue on and tell you all about the great shows on the Shiny Wizards Network. Of course, do not forget this past Sunday, Inclusive Breakdown, um, Justin and Vince had myself and friend of the show, handsome Dan Lopez on for their 2022 Death Pool Picks. And fortunately, unfortunately, of course, with the passing away of Betty White on the 31st, we've got our first points on the board. Find out who scored and find out who else we could score with by listening to that episode this week. Of course, Phil and Jay, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, Uh, Ant Money, of course, Kate joining us tonight. Matt, Ryan Schlong, Mark Order Podcast, that's on Wednesdays. Probably not this Wednesday because all of them, I think all of them are going to the uh, Dynamite show. The first show on TBS in Newark on Wednesday, so huzzah for them. Snowy's got a double team action for you. Wrestling Night in Canada, Radioactive Metal, both on the Shining Wizards Network. Both great shows. Ringside Ran, of course, we love those guys. We got the Midnight jory cal and Mike, uh, and of course us, the Shining Wizards. The reason why you're tuning in now, not only do we have great shows on the Shining Wizards Network, but we also have a Patreon, Patreon.com/WizardsPodcast. We've got so many things that we offer as a Patreon supporter. If you give us just $1, just $1 a month, you become a Patreon producer. We will mention you each and every week on The Shining Wizards. But that's not all. $3 a month, you get watch-alongs, you get shows, you get profiles, you get bonuses. Kevin and Matt did a huge omnibus on what? One year in the life of WCW Bret Hart from his debut through 1997. No, not through 1998. That's it. He debuted in Amazing stuff. We got tons of free stuff, tons of free stuff, tons of great bonus content for the $3 tier. Five bucks, we will plug your shit. 10 bucks, 20 bucks every three months, we will send you a box of Wizardry. Matt collects wrestling attire, memorabilia, and all kinds of knickknacks from around the world, and he will be happy to send it to you. Support us on The Shining Wizards patreon page and right now we want to thank those who continue to support us our patreon producer roll call first we got to start with our king and our queen manny kratz are the king of the wizards and kathy hummer the queen of the wizards I think they would get along if they actually met each other in real life. I think. Kathy's easy to get along with and Kratzo's just fucking Kratzo. I mean, he is what he is. Anthony and Danny Rusanel, the AOP of the SWP. Sean Toe and Sean Kaleo, two Seans from across the pond from each other, across the world from each other. I bet you if Sean Toe dug a hole, he could reach Sean Kaleo all the way on the other side of the world. That's how awesome the Seans are. Kate the Great, she don't shut up, but we love her just the same on deck is the place she's on fightful she's on fight less she's on fight your mother fight your father she's fighting everybody she's awesome glad to have her macarifo no relation to the kjg maddie mellinger definitely not related to kjg they don't even have the same fucking name matt kevin come on really christine friesendorf mark Parloni will say happy birthday mark. happy birthday mark oh kate's back i love it she probably heard me talking shit about her that's fucking great scotch drinks for Mr. Kenny Hossie, the Scotch Drinks More. Jay Copp, the big copper pump, the greatest part of the turnbuckle throwbacks. Motsbach himself, Thomas Cops, fucking Milwaukee Tom, whatever he's calling himself today. Mr. Michael Hammond. Mr. Matthew Birch, the true Prince of Pro. Mr. Braden Berger and the fucking LeBron James figure collecting thing guy. Brendan Haney. Kerry Cowling. The man with the big one, Ryan Schlong. Our friend, Asian Joe, who's not white. Thank you, Ryan. Mr. David Henry Bauer III, Mr. Mike Peterson, Big Rob Humphrey, and last but certainly not least, I hope Kevin's back because I don't have the screen open, and his pal Antonio Halsterman, makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. He's the one, the only, too sweet to be sour, full of vinegar and power and whatever the fuck they say. Mr. William Mercier Jr.
0: Lives ah, are gonna be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean?
2: I I do do know know. what you mean,
3: Kev. (laughs) I
1: I didn't know if you had it covered. My bad. Bang, bang. I'm
2: really good at this, Tony. (laughs) Come on, you goons.
1: Oh, brother. Sorry. uh, His name is Judge Crandall, but I know him better as Vince. He's one of the uh, hosts of the Inconclusive Breakdown. You damn right I got a point on the board. Thank you. Like I said, check that out. It's a riot. Those guys do a great job every week. Um, I don't know. What am I looking at here? I don't know what I'm looking at. People are sending me things all over the place. Anyway, well, Kevin, which direction do we want to st-
2: news. Breaking we news? start with
1: that? What? We got breaking news. What did I miss? What did
0: I miss? Well,
2: it's been posted that inside the ropes. Matt texted us about this. Oh, that's um, what it that is. Okay. Against the ropes. I'm sorry. Against the ropes. Uh, the series. Will release its first streaming platform this Friday. So stay tuned for that. You guys had the delightful Kayla Sparks on. Um, but a great interview and what a what a what a just great fucking person she seemed like. Like you've been following her for a long time, and it sounds like she had not only like a very comfortable rapport with you guys, but like gave you a lot of credit for kind of reigniting her love of wrestling. And, you know, sometimes you never know what happens when you take off your shirt and dance to the spice girls, because oh look at what led to
1: this. It's hard to believe that we're responsible for anything positive. Right. Kev? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So not only do you have the Matt Hardy podcast to look forward to on Friday, now you've got against the ropes to look forward to on Friday. Friday's going to be busy. You people better fucking book a room somewhere. Cause you're going to need the space. That's all I'm saying. I don't it's know what I'm true.
2: saying. Okay. And we have SmackDown and Rampage and Wrestle Kingdoms this week. I'm going to be so tired all week, but let's uh, do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a busy week. Not only are there two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, but a third night a couple days later yeah. where it's yeah. Uh, yeah. it's.
2: <clears throat> them and or, Noah.
1: Yeah. Right? New Japan against Noah. It's going to be interesting. Matt's favorite old guy wrestler, uh, the Great Mood, is going to be on the show. I'm sorry, Keiji Mudo. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Kev, which way do you want to steer the ship? You want to talk a little... Uh... Picks, picks. Oh, you want to do picks? Is Kevin Every frozen... Time! Is Kevin frozen or is he, like, passed out? A little bit of both. Yeah, I think a little column A, column B. Did you hear me? Did you? Did we lose you? Dude, this is insane.
0: Uh-uh. I'm, I'm literally sitting the closest to my router that I could ever possibly be. Like, it's literally <laughs> right there. Like, there's no way I could get any closer and I'm still having... The Wi-Fi issues. It is what it is, man. Shit just happens. It's technology. It's not perfect, dude. And also, for the last three nights, my power has been going off in the middle of the night. Like I wake power. up. To... <laughs> you need to watch some more NWA and get yourself a power surge. Yeah, well, I I would if they weren't stupid recap shows for the last three weeks. I actually yeah I actually looked into it this week, Tony. I was I was gonna watch Power. But it was a, Power. it was the best of, so I was like, eh. yeah,
1: it was it was all kind of like I mean, if you wanted to look into one of the matches from my top ten from last week, we got the replay of Camille and Serena Deeb for the uh, women's championship, which was a great match. But other than that, it was like, eh, yeah, kind of seen I mean, everything. I, so,
2: yeah, I, I, I CM Punk get, pointed can't get out in top ten, great hat of hair on that Serena Deeb these days, <laughs> as Punk pointed out.
1: Was he being facetious? Was he being mean?
2: Well, cause no, 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 because she uh, she was in the Straight Edge Society. She was a well, woman. Oh, God, fuck state. me! Yeah, so on commentary, he was like, "Ray had a hair on that Serena team.
1: Wow, I, oh, I whiffed you. on that. that uh, I I'm suck. just the biggest
2: punk mark in the world. I don't think a lot of people would necessarily remember that, but...
0: Oh, but the Straight <laughs> Edge... Oh, remember that you're a punk mark or remember the Straight Edge Society? Because I remember the F out of the Straight Edge Society.
2: That was... that I... They could have, like, a lot of factions when I first got into wrestling, like, they could have done so much. Like, I, when I first started, the thing that drew me in more than anything was Legacy. I was like, oh, I think I get wrestling. Like
0: Yeah, until, uh, until, to- uh, until Manu and, uh, Sim Snuka joined, and you're just like, you finally don't even remember that.
2: No, I do, I remember that. I remember, like when you first start watching, right, like, I remember being so incensed that Randy Orton just cheated. Like, how could he? Um, But I remember with Legacy, especially because it was like, not based on nationality or something like that, there was this really cool thing that you were like, oh, I'm new to wrestling, but I get it. Like, all these guys have this common thread but they also have their individual personalities and it doesn't have to be like a tag team necessarily like legacy was so cool to me and then it just like didn't really materialize or go anywhere and you had cbc you had cody rhodes you had Someone, Randy a photo shoot right now no i thought
1: somebody's ripping up paper
2: my dog hold on oh
1: buster i saw buster walk by before
0: it's, it sounded like it sounds like camera flashes going off i
1: like, thought it was more like somebody like filing things
2: He's chewing up like a bag, but I'll I didn't think that, that the, no, it, it's Poor okay. Buster. He doesn't need to chew up a bag on my floor. I just didn't realize my mic yeah. was picking it up.
1: <laughs> there he goes. Hey, we got Buster Bye. butthole tonight. There you go.
2: I got to fill in for Matt. You know what I mean? We need the animal butt in the background.
1: <laughs> All we need is and screaming bloody murder. We got to show.
2: <gasps> His face when he had to go was like,
1: I listened. I I need to watch the replay. I know oh, exactly just, where it happened.
2: Those twenty seconds are just that moment of sheer terror on Matt's face. Like, gotta go,
0: <laughs> Kev. I know we cut. I cut. I cut. I feel bad. I cut uh, Kate off with her her point about why she got invested in the uh, legacy before Buster. Uh...
2: Oh, it was just I, I factions made sense to me because of legacy right off the bat. Of like these guys have this commonality, right? but they are also individuals with their own paths and that was something that was so cool and then it just didn't didn't really like materialize but they had such a good talent and then like it was weird that it didn't really they could have done so many things like happens a lot in wrestling I guess that it could go a lot of places it doesn't go but um they were fucking rad
0: and and, (laughs) no I agree because it's you you look back to like the the way they worked together in the in the Royal Rumble and it came down to the three of them and Randy Orton and like you thought that maybe Randy Orton would win, but pretty sure Triple H won that one. So um Well yeah, Randy Orton
1: that, didn't Randy Orton beat um Ted Jr. and Cody at, and WrestleMania. Yeah. In, at
0: WrestleMania. Yeah. In out of WrestleMania, yeah. And uh and then that the three I was actually at the Hell in the Cell, I believe it was when it was all three of them versus DX in, uh, in the Hell No Cell. Actually, Tony, get the bell ready. Um, former New Jersey Devil Pittsburgh Penguin uh, Paul Martin got me tickets uh, for, for that event. So that was good. So you have professional athletes going to bat for you. Not you bad, got, not you bad. You got in the shade. All right, Tony, what do you got? Kev. All right. So Fucking Big Swole and Tony Khan sent out a tweet or two over the uh past week. Uh, this is a question directed for Kate because she's the one stirring the pot on this. But she's Starting chewing it an up apple. Like red her, her, her dog's ripping up paper, she's chewing apples. We gotta have, I was
1: gotta so have, hungry. So, <laughs> bro. I mean, we don't have to take a deep dive, but let's let's start with the first text from Swole. The the one the one thing that I was really puzzled about is She's claiming there's no diversity, like, on TV. But correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I think AEW's got a really diverse
2: locker room. No? So I think... Um...
0: What was... Sorry, Kate, real quick. I just want to clarify this, because this is a lot of sensitive stuff right here. That was the point of the tweet? The point of the tweet was there's no diversity in AEW? Point no. blank?
1: Um, there is no representation truly, and where there is, it does not come across in the black community as genuine also at all i don't know why everybody's so afraid to accept it or say it but it's not a good look uh there's other stuff then she says uh i want to see here with promises you made to be diverse i want to see that not with just black people i would like to see Latino, latino Latino. jesus latino or hispanic or more asians i feel asians and indians do not get the love they just don't it's such a big gap I don't. I mean, honestly, like I don't know what her experience was, and it seems like she said that things were on good terms with her and Tony Khan when she was leaving. But I mean, let's look look at at that roster.
0: Yeah. All right. So here's the difference: you're either looking at the roster, or you're looking at the roster positions and where they are. Because yes, AEW has a completely diverse roster. No one can argue that representation matters, and it and it clearly does matter. The question is: Does she think? that it should it matter more in terms of position on the card is what i so
2: i'll i'll say this about it one not to always put over fight club but at fight club uh there's a show called grapsity and uh it's i call bits and pieces of this it's yeah it's really really good so
3: yeah
2: um one thing that they talked about was the difference between diversity and black representation And how sometimes those things can get skewed. And I think that's really important. But they also booked all out with no black talent on the card. And I think two Hispanic wrestlers on the card. Um, So part of it is the roster versus positioning. And we also have to keep in mind when Swole had her exit interview. Like they've worked on a lot of stuff since then. Like they have expanded a ton, it seems like, of what they're trying to do with the women's division, which was a huge complaint, and with the amount of Black talent they're signing. Jay Lethal has signed since. Lee Moriarty has signed since. Um, I think Scorpio Sky is going to be better positioned on the card. I'm hoping they're lining him up for something with the TNT title here. Um, so I I think we also have to keep in mind, like, AEW has made progress on... That. This is what befuddled me about the whole thing. So yeah. the, the quote from Tony Khan, or the tweet that he put out... <clears throat>
1: who tweeted first by the way oh it was was, uh swole okay
2: well she did a podcast episode on it and she also that that's
1: what it was yeah
2: yeah but she like in that had really good things to say about tony khan and said like these are the areas that i was critical of and it was making me unhappy so i left um and she said she thought they left on a good note now tony khan's tweet was like these are all the ways that we're diverse I and... see.
0: Once you once you do that, you already know that. Like to me, once you do something like that, you have to justify it. Like
2: it's not It's kind of And like you're... He said, "I let her contract expire because she wasn't good enough at wrestling," and then whoa, ...remoted Rampage on top of that. So just to trifecta of stupid. Because if you want to come back with a counter argument that says look, we have all this diversity on the roster and actuality, so while I respect her experience, um, here's all the ways that we've tried to make progress on that. And a lot of the things that he said, this was my thing, a lot of the things that he pointed out, I'm like, that's that's all new stuff since she left, so you yeah. don't get to take okay. that victory lap.
0: Yeah. And the then
2: t- taking the a ti- the
0: timeline, to- The timeline is important, and I think less is more with a, sta- with a statement like this. Again, I didn't read any of these tweets, so I have no real clue what's going One on. One tweet. <laughs> One, or whatever yeah well, oh god
2: which makes it worse in, yes, and a lot
0: yeah. the in moment
3: my
2: yeah.
0: the moment you like you start giving examples of reasons why you are just you just got to tell people hey just look just do the research you could like i i get i get you have to, i get you have to defend your brand but like i think AEW is plenty diverse and again like i said there's difference between ah uh, this is such a sense it's such a weird topic that like it's gonna be tough to make a point And I'm I'm, I'm kind of on big swole side, but you're right in terms of timeline.
2: Yeah. Like, and, and to her point, it's like, you can have a diverse roster of none of them are on a pay-per-view. That doesn't help you very much. Right. Like this is something I thought ROH was doing really well. Like Jonathan Gresham is an incredible black wrestler. What he did is so different from Shane Taylor promotions. Right. On the Hispanic side, you have LSG who's not Italian and is Hispanic. Um, And you have luchadors. Right. So it's the depictions within that diversity, which I think is something that AEW needs to make strides in. The inauthentic thing feels maybe like a little bit directed at Brandy. Um, Cause I've been hearing a lot of that, but I think to, to then take a swipe. This is, this is why I brought up Grapsody. <clears throat> Will on Grapsody said, like, you're the employer in that situation. And even though wrestling is a weird landscape, If somebody goes on Glassdoor and leaves a review of working at Walmart and says, "Uh, I had a three and a half star experience there, but this is the the reasons that my experience wasn't great. You don't get to come back as Walmart and be like, you suck at stocking shelves. And also we're running this 20% off coupon, like to say diversity is important and then promote your show in the same breath is so fucking lame i think that's
0: i think that's the i think that's the exact point i was trying to make in terms of tony khan's response i think was like yeah uh, look should he have should he have
1: answered that way no on the other hand i don't i'm sorry maybe maybe i didn't go through what big swole went through but here here's a tweet from powerhouse hobbs this came out after I've been featured in some heavy-ass spots since being signed to AEW as well as other minorities. Now, this is the kind of point that I want to get at. He says. He writes, quote, Now TK has put me in spots at the right time that meant something. And he goes through. Yeah. Punk, Christian Cage, Brian Cage, Hangman, especially running in and saving Moxley. This company has been there since the passing of my mother. So he's talking about the company being supportive. Cody and QT play a tremendous part in getting me signed. Lastly, if you have an issue with someone... Pick up the phone. I think that last sentence goes both ways. Definitely like a foul on Tony Khan. No argument there. People were calling for him to fucking fold up AEW. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. I- In the grand scheme of things, he said something stupid. Did he say something inappropriate? Maybe it wasn't inappropriate. It was stupid of him to say it. It was. Well- he was, speaking, well, and, he was speaking more with it, his heart as a person it, rather than got, the owner of a company.
2: He It struck a nerve, I think. Yeah, exactly. But but the best thing that I saw floating around about it, and then I'll close the loop on it myself because I'm just so tired of it, but yeah. Yeah. somebody said, how does John Moxley go on Jericho's podcast, talk like a whole heap of way worse shit about WWE and get celebrated, but then Swole kind of very professionally says like, you know, these were the areas that I felt like they needed to improve upon. She said she genuinely wishes AEW the best. It was just time for her to move on. And she's out there getting, like, kind of crucified by this. I think Tony Khan's getting it worse, as he should. But, I like, think... the the fact that that reaction was there, like, is it because it was big, bad WWE? Or is it because it was a white dude doing it? Like, I it's tough. It's I think tough. It,
1: I think it's more – I think it's more – Moxley was shitting on the machine that everybody loves to shit on sure. number one, but number two, I mean like unless you really do a deep dive, like if you look at the roster at a e w there's a ton of representation on there, you know what I'm saying like you've got the l g b t q community you've got you've got black wrestlers, you've got latino wrestlers you've got Mexican wrestlers like the, Brazilians for God's sakes, one of my favorites over there, you know what i'm saying like there's tons of diversity there, maybe. we look at it objectively, I don't know, maybe it's a talent thing. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying, look, all the black wrestlers are terrible. That would be an awful thing to say. And it's not true. Maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe it's just like the, the, there are points in the stories where these folks just aren't involved yet, but isn't, isn't, um, aren't the Lucha brothers still in a thing? Aren't they the tag champs with FTRs and that going on? They are powerful involved with something on top. Weren't weren't they feuding with somebody at, at this point? I thought so was I think
2: it's more – I think when you have Cody Rhodes go out there and give a promo about calling yourself literally the Ellis Island of oh, professional wrestling.
1: Yeah. All right, there you go. You know
2: what I mean? Like, yep. And then you haven't had a black champion, and you have Hispanic tag champions. But, again, her exit interview wasn't yesterday. It was a couple yep. months ago. Um, I think if you set out to say – and, I, look – I lose my fucking mind at the women's division. I can't imagine working there and seeing what the women's division was like. So let's also keep the, the women's perspective of this too. Yes, you have Jake Cargill who's being pushed to the moon. Yes, you have Red Velvet there. Brandy, like you do have representation in those areas. Um, but it's also what those representations look I like. Mean- and the amount of screen time that the women were getting is is laughable.
1: Kate, I'll be honest with you though, as, as terrible and as panned as a lot of the stuff was when this, when COVID first started, when they were looking for an opponent for Shida, the Japanese women got fucking episodes on YouTube, just dedicated to, I mean, I know it's YouTube and I know that was a sticking point with you, but I, I don't know, man. No, I guess- I,
2: get, I get, I think it's diverse. I think her bigger qualm, I know she named diversity across the board. I think. Her issues were the portrayals, and I think her bigger issue was probably with the black representation piece of it, would be my guess. Yeah, and um, because
0: especially when you look, I again only guessing, not because when you look in every other company, it seems to be so much more like prevalent and so much more like in every other yeah, company, but 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 AEW,
2: yeah, and if they like it's not just that they booked all out with no black talent on it it's that all out was like a 400 hour pay-per-view and they didn't have any black talent on it right like we're not talking three hour pay-per-views we're talking about you had a a loaded card with no black talent on it that i i understand i think there's probably a happy medium there between what both of them were saying but like it was just such an inappropriate response and then to promote your show on top of it after was just so tasteless yeah
0: that's that's a, that's textbook struck a nerve i'm just gonna retaliate and be stupid 100 uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah but hey i knew your Eve, come on look look look
1: look 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 look
0: side with swole all you want jade
1: cardinals in the finals of the tbs tournament so huzzah fuck all She's gonna it's win true,
0: that. true. But
2: she's like gonna, again, she's gonna again, win that
1: shit. I
3: printed, gonna, that, I printed gonna, that like three be, weeks ago,
2: Tony. The that bitch show. It's absolutely she's gonna win it. But again, Swole's interview was months ago. So like yeah, yeah, there's agreed. a there's a time gap there. Wait, um, was the
1: interview months ago or was this was this uh was her exit uh months ago? Like because it was two that, separate things. Like there was an interview this, that she yeah. did.
2: This interview that she gave, she said in my exit interview, what I told them was I wasn't happy with the diversity and the amount of screen time. So that interview was released recently or that podcast episode was, but what she was saying was on my way out in my exit interview, these are the the reasons that I was unhappy. And she felt like she gave constructive feedback and Tony Khan kind of reacted like a little bitch is what it looks yeah. like. So, <laughs>
1: but I mean, you guys still love Tony Khan, right? I mean, everything's cool or
2: me and me and TK best friends. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I meant I meant you guys on Wednesday in general, like.
2: Oh well, we'll see. We'll see, brother. Because well, we'll have to wait till be th- there th- Wednesday. Yeah, we
1: gotta, we gotta wait till Thursday. You guys bringing signs
0: like "fuck TK" and shit? Look, like, that? C-
2: Look, like I, <laughs> I will.
0: It, it's just. How do I? No, I can't. I, I, I got. Think... a lot of good people over there that work for
2: him. You know what's funny?
1: <laughs> Kevin Kevin knows people over at the Prue Center.
2: One of one of the Gravity guys goes. Uh, he was like, look, if Vince McMahon didn't have a PR company tweeting for him, do you know the shit that would be coming at that oh,
3: guy's That's supporter? a great <laughs> point. <laughs> of course. Like,
2: that was my thing, was just like they, they need an in-house PR person for several reasons. Like, um, this is also not the first thing that Tony Khan has done that was stupid. Um, he cut off a a teenager who was asking a question about whether AEW would do an all-women's pay-per-view to yell at her about the fact that uh they sent the they paid the most to send their money to Empower like he's made multiple missteps here i know they have an outside publicity firm as like a pr idiot like you need someone that that is the linchpin between what your brand is doing and that and it sounds like they just need an intern to walk around and take tony khan's phone out of his hand that's what it sounds like i
0: mean Normally, sometimes the interns make the biggest mistakes on like sports teams, social media's. But at this point, how could it? It can't be much worse.
2: No, and it should just it it should just be one guy who's hired to walk around with Tony Khan, and he sees the the blue little bird pop up, and he just rips it out of his hand. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's his whole job.
0: Tell me what you want to say. You tell me. You tell me what you want to say, and I'll make it the p- complete opposite or a little bit better. We're we'll
2: we gonna out, save yeah. it to drafts. That's what we should do.
0: Yeah, we're, we're going to save it to drafts. I'll, I'll type it verbatim, and we'll save it to drafts. And we'll look at it again in two hours. Do you still want to say this and be like, nope? All right, it's See, gone. See,
1: this is why I watch shows like NWA and MLW. They are super diverse. Take a look at your take a look at your champions in the NWA. You got Mecca Wolf and Bestie are your tag champs. You got Tyrus as your TV champ. I know it's Kate's favorite. Oh, my favorite. God. Your women's He's tag awesome. team champions are the Hex, Allison Kaye, and Marty Bell. I mean you you got fucking diversity up the yin yang and these are all yeah. top spots.
2: Well sincerely right, Tori, like don't
0: don't don't, don't socialize this for your own
2: yeah, I'm you just don't need to take a victory you're,
0: you're, Yeah, this isn't this but, isn't about you, T Donk.
1: Well We before, got a 20% off coupon code too, by the way.
2: <laughs> go to the, the Amazon. Go to <laughs> Wizard Spot. No, but I, I had said this well before um this had happened. Like I felt like ROH was doing such a, a good job at, at how organic their diversity felt like I had, I had pointed yeah. out those examples but like all over the place it just felt like really authentic portrayals of what what the artist wanted to create and again going back to the City guys they were like support the wrestlers not the company like we've learned this lesson so many times over and over again from multiple companies and it's like yeah like you don't want to Like, I know a lot of people that were like, I don't want to watch Rampage after Tony Khan did this. It's a really shitty thing to do. And he did it, like, 20 minutes before Rampage was going to be on. And Nyla Rose was like, please don't punish, you know, Bunny and Penelope and Tay and Anna Jay because of, like, what this idiot did, which was a really good point. So it's just unfortunate. And it's just so, um, my co-host on Tuesdays was just saying, like, it's such an unforced error. Like, there was just no need for this. And honestly, it was a a fightful article that he retweeted, and I was like, there was nothing in that article that warranted a response. Like, I didn't feel like swole's, yeah, tra- but- like the transcript, like it just it did not warrant any response at all. And here's the it thing so that I've bizarre. noticed about
0: here's a not- here's the thing I've noticed about Tony Cotton. He does he'll do it on anything. You take any kind of shot at him, and he'll completely whether it whether you're from WWE, whether you're Bischoff on a podcast, whether you're from a you know, former talent in his company. If you try to take the smallest shot, which wouldn't in any other walk of life either be considered a real personal attack on you, he reacts like it is a personal attack on him.
2: It's because billionaires surround themselves with nonsensical, glad-handing, douchebag yes-men like John I know This, this, is, see, this is a on. CM
0: Punk <laughs> promo, I
2: know.
3: This is the, the Punk CM
2: Punk promo. CM- Promo.
3: It was a yeah.
0: part of the pipe bomb. That's it. <laughs> uh, let right. Let's let's wrap Yeah. Let's move on from that. Not not to try to diminish it or anything like that. But no. But uh, there's nothing it, new it, to say just, about it. It's yeah. Like, it's, 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 what, what can you do? It, he's he's spoiled uh, he he's despoiled rich, uh, rich guy's son who who, who will uh, who will, like attack when someone when he feels attacked. All right. Kev. Kev. Uh, which one are we go in with
1: first? Kev, there was a pay-per-view on Saturday. Sorry, premium viewing experience?
0: Whatever yes, f- which kind of makes me question whether or not we should have picked it to begin with. Oh, Kev, we did. So this guess what's coming up next, folks? Uh-oh. It's time
1: for the pay-per-view pick extravaganza thing 2021. WWE day one. Kev. WWE held yeah. their, first, their first big event of the new year, which means 2021 picks are rapidly coming to a close. And things are not looking good for you and Matt, sir. <laughs> not at all. I don't. I wish I had Shut the numbers. Up. Where did Matt give them to me? Matt, Matt sent them to me somewhere. Okay, I have so the
0: number. I don't know if you have I the went, total numbers. We have the numbers. I went from six patterns. and
1: one for the show. Uh, Kevin and Matt both went four and three, respectable, but not nearly enough. So Kevin falls two back. Matt stays <laughs> even with Kevin.
0: Oh, two and, back? Like, you
1: fell two more back.
0: Oh, two more back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you said I was two back.
1: Which match was the one that I got wrong? I don't even remember. I'm going to have to pull this up because Matt said he had everything in here, and he really doesn't. No, no, so. you got...
0: um. I know this. I know this. RK, bro. Uh, no, you got that one right.
1: I you, got you the pre-match wrong.
0: No, no, no. Oh, yeah. You, you picked Pew Pew.
1: I picked uh, Ricochet, Cesaro, yeah. and Pew Pew on the pre-show. So yeah. I got that wrong. Sheamus and uh, Ridge Holland won. Bro. Um, Do you know which
0: ones that you guys had? Oh, you had... I, I, know, I know which ones I got wrong. I had The Miz beating Edge, which was wrong. I had... You know Street what, Pop- though? ...beating... RK bro that was wrong and I had the five-way main event I stuck with my original pick which was Kevin Owens and uh, I got that wrong so that was we made the they called the audible about 45 minutes before the show so we had to make a switch they added Brock You, you Matt I think had Brock no you had Brock against Roman Matt had Roman against Brock and you
1: guys both won Brock yeah, we both had Brock over Roman, and then we both went with Brock for the uh, five-way that ensued. Um, Matt had Cesaro and Pew Pew as well. Uh, Matt also had the Street Profits, which was wrong, and he had Cap and Moss, which was wrong.
0: So, right?
1: He's yeah, swinging he's, for the fences. Well, that I mean, that's what it is. So he had the Usos. He had Edge. He had Becky Lynch. Uh, he also, and that was it. Yeah, so there you go. So... Oh, and he had the, the Brock Lesnar match. So there you go.
0: The thing with this show is that like everything that I thought was gonna happen, like kind of happened, but I just didn't think it was gonna happen at this show. Yeah. Like I thought we'd have a little bit more, like the whole like Beth Phoenix thing coming back. I thought we, I thought that would be our WrestleMania match, that mixed tag, because WWE likes to do those, you know, mixed tag Excuse extravaganza, me. you know, PR shows. But if we're gonna get it, I guess we're gonna get it at the Rumble, which is kind of good because that means we're gonna get edge a better wrestlemania match than than a mixed tag with his wife and and, and Marisa I feel like. So, I, I enjoyed the heck out of this show. Uh, How? Oh, and I wait, that's a blatant lie. Wait a second. I enjoyed wait, three matches on this show. Which matches did match- you
1: watch? Which ones which ones oh, did you watch? Oh, I watched watch? the whole show. I only watched three
0: matches. I want to see if there's
1: if they uh, if they're
0: ones that you liked. The opening tag match between the Usos and um and uh New Day. Okay, I didn't see that one. That's the that was the match of the show. Okay,
3: uh, I'm like
2: mad at how good they are because I want them to stop facing each other 900 times. And every yeah. time they're in the ring, they're so fucking good. Yep, <laughs> I'm for them to phone it in at this point.
0: I enjoyed very much uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan.
2: Very good match. And that sunset flip powerbomb thing Liv did was ridiculous. Yeah,
0: I enjoyed very much. I I won't say very much, but I didn't hate. Even though I got it wrong, I didn't hate Miz Edge. Uh,
1: I actually liked it. I liked the way... Look, if the Miz wins off the Maurice interference with the skull-crushing finale, that's a great finish to that match. And that's probably the way they should have went if they were looking for a mixed tag at WrestleMania. Maybe they're not, I don't know. But I I think
2: think
3: the Miz... Miz could have walked
1: away with that win.
2: Have Miz win and then Beth come out and glam slam him is, is the way I would have gone. The crowd was super dead for that match, but I actually liked the match.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree. But and and, and again, like yeah. nothing unexpected happened. Like once once Beth left NXT, I was like, oh, she's gonna go on yeah, raw and, and, and team with Edge or whatever it is. It's just like the timing is so weird for me because there's still so much time between now and WrestleMania. This could have Miz could have won this match. Right, with with Maurice's interference on that skull crushing finale, which would have been great. And then but here the difference here's the thing, because like it's not just like another normal pay-per-view in between this, it's the Royal Rumble. And a million different WrestleMania feuds can be created in that one night and the time from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. So I'm like like I didn't think that we'd get Brock uh winning. I thought You'd get Ke- so once Edge won, I'm like, oh, it's a lot. Kevin Owens is winning. We're getting Kevin Owens Edge at some point at WrestleMania or something in the future, or maybe that will be the Royal Rumble match. It just, there's so much stuff. The timing to me was just was not what I expected. I expected it all to happen, just not that night. Obviously, I didn't want Brock to
2: happen, but so
0: because my thinking my thinking is this: Why wouldn't you just pull somebody from the four way and put them in a one on one match with Brock for the SmackDown Championship? And have um, one of them win it, and then have Roman come back and handle his business with whoever has that thing at WrestleMania, and you could still have a triple threat match it on the Raw side with the with the world title.
2: Isn't and... the whole beauty of a multi man match like this that you don't have to pin the champion for someone to no, lose?
0: It's the curse of the multi man match,
2: right? Like. There's so many things I don't understand. Oh, oh, okay,
0: so you're talking about the actual pinfall where Big E actually had to take the foot. Fu- un- Why? Why
2: unbelievable. the fuck? like oh, come
1: on. Th- that match was fantastic. I don't know no, what you guys are the, talking about. No,
2: the match ruled. Yeah. The finish was dog shit. so No, it wasn't. Yes, no, it, it, wasn't. Was. it was. The, it was the hugest hope spot for, for Big E, and he got caught, and that was it. Boom. That's over. Big done. E. Why did he pin Big E? Why not have him pin anybody else in the fucking? Because Look,
1: he's Brock Lesnar. If it was anybody else winning that match, pinning somebody else, sure. But it's Brock Lesnar. He's gonna destroy the champ. That's how he rolls. That's how it's it
2: was. Such his Biggie's reign was two defenses. He was six three and one. Yeah. If, you wanna, if you want to, if if you want to shit on, if you want to shit on the,
0: if you want to shit on the rain, I'm all with you.
2: I'm well, shitting I, on if if they run back Biggie and Brock like, for an actual feud, I'm, A, perplexed as to what the Roman story is, and B, unless they're gonna pivot to the rock, maybe they got the rock, but why are you pinning, like, they love to pin their champions on weekly episodic television too, why not have Brock pin someone else so that Big E can come back and say, I didn't really lose, let's have a fucking match, like, and you you said Brock out last, Come on, like well, he was because he was the late just.
1: addition. That I mean, they, they probably so send him
2: out right. first. Have him get his pop, and then you have the champion come out. if This was uh, like they have just been fucking trash to Biggie <laughs> Langston this whole time. Like I think, I,
0: I think what everyone expects in like triple threat matches, they don't expect the champion to get pinned. So every once in a while, and again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I have no idea what the the ratio is, but so every now and then. Pinning the champ is something that you just maybe you don't see coming, and you, so you just do An it already
3: and then, weak again. Champion. it stinks for
0: Biggie, but this clearly means. And if you couldn't tell by his reign, they had no real clear, they had no real clear what's that?
2: Oh, I think you're lagging. But my point is, like Biggie already looked weak as hell, and now you're just making him you had a chance to either legitimize his reign or just make him have a weak reign and look like a weak champion for what. Like, just have him pin somebody else. You can still do whatever feud you want. You have this ongoing story on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar said the whole time he's a free agent, so I don't have a problem with him winning the Raw Championship. Even though most of his time has been spent on SmackDown, he made it very clear, right? But, like, just have him pin anybody else except for the guy who you've already made look like dog shit through your dog shit booking. Like, he was so... That moment of him winning... Jeremy at Fight Club says it all the time. Great at booking moments, terrible at booking rains, like so bad. And it's so true because right, so, it looks performative as shit now.
0: So all right, so what would it have what so if they have higher hopes right now, so clearly they already viewed biggies for whatever reason rain is dog shit. So if you already feel that way, what does it hurt to actually put the stamp on a dog shit rain as opposed to beating two other guys or three other guys that they may have higher hopes for? in the future
2: oh because at, you the the handwriting is on the wall with seth and owens already right so why not have one of them get pinned biggie say i didn't really lose it and then have some fucking big meaty men slapping meat at yeah. royal rumble between the two of them i, I don't want to see so, that either because that's else. how that's that's a story
0: that's the storyline that we've seen since the dawn of time with triple threat match the champion doesn't get pinned so they, it gets it's, that's just as predictable
2: as as anything else I just don't get why they're so obsessed with pinning champions on TV and making them look bad.
0: Let me ask you this. And if Brock the went, match
2: if... fucking slapped. That match fucking ruled. If he had just pinned Kevin Owens, cool. And Seth Rollins didn't help him out. Then his frenemy betrayed him. Like there's so many stories you could do. There's a history with Biggie E and, and Bobby Lashley that's sitting right there. There's a history with Brock and Bobby Lashley that's sitting right there. There's, like, oh. any other outcome. And how fucking stupid are you that Tony Khan is getting dragged for being racist and you have the black guy get pinned? Oh, <laughs> like, there we fucking go. fucking think. Oh. There we go. That's just dumb business. That's Please just stupid that on their joke. part.
1: Of course it was. Yeah.
2: It's just <laughs> stupid. It's just stupid. They're obsessed with making their champions look weak. I don't understand it. Why are they constantly getting pinned on TV? Why why is biggie getting pinned here when you have the easiest out in the world, and you have all these other stories in play no, the
0: the, e- the easiest out in the world is to make the guy you don't believe in look like the guy you don't believe
2: in that's why it. don't instead I know this is crazy. why don't you fucking book him well? why don't you have him kick out of everybody's shit? why don't you all have right. him take five f fives and fucking right. win? All it's right. so stupid all right. it's what dumb. point leading it's
0: up to that match to- did you have any What point up to, you said it yourself, the rain is terrible. Up To what point in your mind did you actually think, did you have faith that that was going to happen?
2: I was hoping that Biggie was going to win because now we're moving into months of programming where things get reset and make sense. I, like an idiot, because I am a naive fool, thought that maybe on day one, this fresh, clean slate, something might fucking happen that wasn't incredibly obvious. Becky no, retains. All right. The Usos so face the new day. Fucking Baron Corbin. Why did Why did Drew McIntyre and what's-his-fucking-face Matt Moss have, like, a 20-minute banger ooh, instead ooh, of I just know. squashing him?
1: I know, I know, because they needed to fill time because they lost the championship match.
2: Oh, that, that actually does make sense. God forbid you put another women's match on. But, like, and oh, now... Ooh why not do you have why wasn't i well i should also
1: because they too... because they buried bianca belair and fucking what's her nuts was having pie fights with with the girl that left so what are you gonna do i don't know so
2: god forbid somebody have like an open challenge but i will say oh god open...
1: who's who's carmella teamed up with who's her partner Zelina. oh god could you imagine the two of them against like uh oh my god naya Jackson even there anymore no couldn't we bring back Natalya and Tamina?
2: Dude, the SmackDown women's roster has nine members. Nine, but there's also been a COVID outbreak, so I should I should give leniency to that too, because who knows who actually could have been there and couldn't have. Do you but.
1: Do you think Do you think um, we get a title for title match at Mania? Do they I'm have...
2: very nervous that they're Be... going to unify them because they do that every two years.
1: The only, the only thing I'm concerned with is then is that making the Royal rumble worthless?
2: So if there you... is that my hope is that maybe they do have the rock and you have the rock and Roman, and then you just have Biggie win the rumble and and get his title back or at least a shot at Brock. I think that's a, a good way How would, way that to make, go,
0: how, would but... how would that make, the Royal Rumble worthless if they unified the belts.
1: Because then who's gonna win the Rumble as a champion?
0: You don't win the Rumble as a champion.
1: If you uh, have champion Kev,
2: versus champion, have, who yeah, are you? Yeah, you have two face? champions oh, cha- oh, each other. If you're
0: going on that ridiculous premise, which it won't be.
2: Stranger things have happened. Well, you could though. You could have a triple threat with oh, Biggie I... and Brock and Roman. You could do that.
1: I got an idea. Got an idea. We bring back the one championship that they need. The WWE CW championship.
3: That's it. Boom.
2: I mean there that's the So my thinking is this. If Bailey's back in time, you have two nights of WrestleMania, right? At the biggest stadium in the world, which they're gonna call a sellout regardless. Do you I think maybe you actually have the four horsemen, four horsewomen, fatal four way? um and that anchors one of the nights but like now you have Brock and Roman in this unresolved story i'm sure brock's not there tonight they'll i'm do, sure uh, it wasn't the booked they'll,
0: they'll do a they'll do a fatal four way but the champion won't get pinned
2: that'll probably be it <laughs> i just don't know how i don't know how you for two nights sell out the biggest arena in the wor- or like the biggest stadium in the world Unless unless you get The Rock and Cena, maybe. Here we
1: go. Here we go. How's this for a scenario? Here we go, yo. Your Royal Rumble comes down to two men. It's Big E and Bobby Lashley. We get a double elimination and they say, fuck this. We're doing this Bret Hart style and they're both going to be winners, right? So now instead of two instead of one-on-one for both belts, now you've got a fatal four-way elimination match.
0: Uh, see, you can't do that though, because the precedent has already been set when Cena and Batista did that.
2: It's gonna be and when- Goldberg. It's gonna none of this Oh is gonna
1: fuck Goldberg! Matter. Holy shit. Or what if they make the Royal Rumble for one of the championships? Done that before.
3: Ooh.
1: And then you got a title for title match.
2: They've that done that be a before. a little bit. Cooler.
1: Yeah. Plenty of possibilities. What one possibility is shrinking is anybody catching Tony this year for the picks. Because I stand at 199, 73, and one. Kevin's nine matches back at 190, 82, and one. And Matt is abysmally behind by 33 at 166, <laughs> 106, and one. I think if I was a betting man, I would say that neither Kevin nor myself are going to reach 100 losses this this year, this go around. No. That's pretty good. Um,
0: I do wanna say I did forget an entire pay-per-view. So oh, I like,
1: forgot it I knew it was coming. I didn't realize it was tonight.
0: Yeah. Oh and you
1: you meant the old one. I
3: all right, gotcha.
0: Yeah, no, I forgot no, I forgot about this one too. And apparently we're changing <laughs> the rules because you have to make picks on the show. So
1: we don't have to. We can wait. No, we can do it. Nah, no, let's I mean, do it.
0: Let's do it. F it. I don't know we, anything about it anyway, so I might as well just wing it.
1: All right. Well, let's uh let's cue this up again. I think it's the first time this whole goddamn season we're doing picks live on the show. It's Wrestle Kingdom Night One. I think it's the first time we're actually picking a pay-per-view on the show this year.
0: I think it's this year, yeah. And I, I was being a little, a little bit overdramatic. I just wanted more time. That's all I wanted. But I'll, I'll well, do it right no... now. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a bump on the log. So well, there's will, only like uh...
1: six hours until the show starts. Doesn't it start at three, Kate? Aren't you staying up all night to watch this? Did Kate freeze up? I think we lost. Oh, Kate did freeze. Okay, so Kate's gone.
0: Is Kate gonna mix in a nap?
1: I don't know, but Kate's got to mix in Matt's picks because she she holds the key to unlocking all of this stuff. Oh, she froze up, so she's got to reboot back. So in the meantime, let me cut the music while we're waiting. Is there anything else we need to discuss before we uh, before we cover the
0: picks? Uh let's see. Let's see. I, I, so all, again, it's slow. I'm sure everything will pick up uh day w- after day one but like again not a lot of eventful uh wrestling shows obviously I-, I mean was there an mlw show or no
1: mlw did their decoded this week i think with jacob fatu but i did not get a chance to see it but other yeah. than that there was no there was no new i think azteca underground starts this week which is or luch yeah aztec underground which is their new show so stay tuned for that uh and and the NWA should be back with a brand new episode of Power tomorrow night. Uh, no idea what they're booking yet, but yeah, it was a lot of best ofs this week. MLW didn't have shit this week. I think they just replayed the Charlie Brzeese induction into the uh, Hall of Fame at 2300. But other than that, no, a lot, a lot of see. recaps and repeats. And
0: I mean, Other than what we talked about, I'm trying to see, I didn't see any major new. Oh, Tony Storm? got got her release which either uh she, yeah, she asked for she fucking just like after her match just packed up her shit and went home yeah I, I don't i don't know why uh i haven't seen any rumors or anything like that so but that's a she pretty good deal cuz she was pretty heavily featured lately
1: well she was p- fucking featured in pie fights you know what i'm saying like it was
0: kind of weird yeah no i agree so uh let's see let's see let's see oh I actually, have let's put on Raw. See what's going on on Raw because I actually have access <laughs> to a TV right here.
1: Is there anything else we really need to cover tonight? Because I think after I think once the picks are done, I think I'm. Coming no, let's
0: let's uh, wait for Kate. Oh, she's back.
1: Kate is back. Guess who's back? Back again. It's so cute seeing Buster just walking <laughs> around too. He's adorable. and dead silence do you do you have matt's picks for the uh, wrestle kingdom night one by the way yes no can you hear me
0: now she can't hear me she has no idea
3: <laughs> she left again
0: yo I, dude she, she's not playing off my uh, my jokes about not wanting to do the picks on the show is she
1: i don't think so i mean kate's smart i don't think she's smarmy smart to that extent
0: no but what if matt's saying like they don't want to do picks fuck them
1: no, if Matt was if no Matt would have texted us, fucking assholes. You. Don't I want to do
0: picks. picks. I did research, just not enough research. But now He's I think probably, I, now I'm. Now I'm pretty confident. All right, I'm, it's good to hear. It's good to hear because I
1: think I'm. Uh, I think I'm good with my picks too. There's a couple of them I'm still thinking about. Actually, I kind of don't want to go for all my picks. I have because I'm looking at I'm looking at night two's card as well, and I'm trying to think ahead, but maybe I'm overthinking things now.
2: I'm a person again, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're back. I added you the stream. I didn't
0: know if you realized you could do that yourself.
2: I don't think I can because I'm in like the guest view.
0: Yeah, uh, she's oh, got the she's got the
3: lock ski. Oh, that's right.
0: That's right. Um so yeah, before we get the picks, I'm very excited about AE Dub on Wednesday, baby. That should be fun. Me too. That's right,
2: baby. <laughs> that's Can't wait
1: rule. to see all that white talent on the show. That's it.
2: <laughs> The TBS era. That's what it's gonna be.
0: Oh my god. That, that was sorry. If that was, if, that, if that was any other time in the world, that, that would be terrible, but it was just so But that was
1: perfect fine. timing, Kev. I'm Come on. I'm,
0: I'm
2: getting good at this. Beautiful. That's right. Chef's kiss. <laughs> First of the the TBS, we're gonna get um Cole and Danielson part two with the judges. I'm hoping one of them's Jonathan Gresham.
1: You guys are getting Gresham. Uh, you guys are definitely getting Jade and uh, Ruby, though, right? Yeah. Is that not happening at the show? No, on that'll
2: be yes. No, January fifth. Yeah, that'll happen, and then I'm sure Battle of the Belts or whatever um, will be the first. So, I think de- title defense, but the finals are on on Wednesday. Yes. It's
0: so, okay. Your gut instinct. Do we think we get another hour out of these two?
2: No, I don't think so. I feel like that would be too close of a back-to-back hour. Like, I, I don't think that. I also think it's, like, a little bit too obvious with the handwriting on the wall. I think what you're going to see – my hope is Jonathan Gresham is one of the judges, and there's some judge dispute that sets up it, Gresham and Danielson. That's what I'm, I'm thinking.
0: Well, the judges the judges don't have a say unless it goes the the hour. So they're essentially meaningless, correct?
2: Um, my, I'm thinking it's going to end up being a pure rules match. I'm, I'm thinking if Gresham is, if if my assumptions are correct, and I don't know anything. But like, if Gresham is there, why not make it a pure rules match? And then Danielson breaks some sort of rule and it sets that up. Um, I, I just feel like that's a very... Both of them have wanted this match. Gresham has been backstage at AEW. I feel like this is the perfect way to set it up.
0: No, I agree. I'm just trying to figure out the way to do it. If, A, it doesn't go the distance, B, you're making it a rules match that's never existed before in your company, and C, how a judge would have an issue with Daniel Bryan when it's the referee that would make the decision that he broke the rules, the Well, rule the referees the
2: suck, so... The I, I got an idea. are terrible <laughs> all the time, so maybe maybe the judges are there just to instill the rest. I, I, to me, it would have to
0: be like a post- To me, it idea. would have to be like a post-match issue, maybe, between them.
2: It could be. I just don't see it going an hour. I feel like it's too close to the last one, and you want that to be... So, I know some people don't like hour-long matches. I, to me, that was one of the best matches AEW's ever done, if not the best. Like, the storytelling was unbelievable. This heel run with Danielson, like I saw somebody post the other day, I didn't even realize this, but Danielson ran back multiple variations of the figure four, like just such a heely thing to do. Like, oh look, okay, I can do it like this. Or I can do it like this. Like that match to me was one of, if not the best in in history. Um, and this Danielson run's been very special. So I don't think you want to fuck with that. Um, I think there's better ways to keep this story going and you also I think Adam just realistically like I didn't actually like the draw initially I like it a little bit more now you need Adam Page to have a clean win as as a champion I think over Danielson um and I I don't think it needs to be like this disputed or whatever like it's everything is like almost too protected in AEW sometimes and like sometimes better wrestlers just win matches um but I think Hangman needs to going to a draw is okay because danielson is actually one of the best to ever do this so i feel like your champion doesn't look weak because danielson's just that fucking good yeah i Um, agree adam but a a solid win i think get the
0: adam page you get the clean win and then maybe you can even do something where like if gresham is a judge maybe he hands adam page the belt and it's just simple as simple as could be as as that that triggers daniel bryan who's already triggered and maybe he just is like
3: you know, or maybe something. maybe Daniels
2: is just betray you're supposed to be one of us. It could be that. Yeah. You're supposed to be Mr. Technical. You're supposed to be like me. You're supposed like there's there's a lot of ways that they could have a clean match and still have yeah. if Gresham if Gresham's even there. If
0: Gresham's even there, exactly. Yeah. We're going on these it could be Carrie Silken, for all we know.
2: It could be. <laughs> it just feels very like it, it feels very much like that would be the next piece of logical storytelling for of that. Jonathan Gresham would be one of the judges. All right. What if
1: they, what if they fuck Adam page over and Danielson wins and he There's wins the title
2: people thinking that out there? I don't, I just, can't. so, so
1: then here's the thing. So then Adam page who didn't lose to him the first time, technically lost by not being pinned, but got screwed by a judge. Then you have, the rubber match pay-per-view said, you know what? I'm going to beat you this time. And if I don't do it, whatever, whatever. And he (laughs) winds up actually pinning him and he gets the win. Now you shit his first title reign, but you made his win that much more important because now he beat Brian Danielson, something that nobody's been able to do yet. And he wins the championship back.
2: I don't hate that at all. Um, And it puts massive heat on Danielson in a good way. I think. Yeah, but um, it, but it, the, has, they has don't it, do automatic returns there. You could script one beautifully like that. They did it with um, Omega and Moxley was the first like return they had. And they're going to do it with the TNT title with Sammy and Cody. But um, I, I, I don't hate that. I just feel like the chase was so long for Adam page to get it. It would be nice to see him just kind of carry it.
1: Well, not only but, that, but if, if a judge does screw him over, Maybe he's got to beat the judge before he gets Danielson. Maybe that's the deal. If you think you can beat Jonathan Gresham or whoever said judges that fucks him, then you get a shot with me. Then Adam page gets a high profile win. He gets his rematch. You put it on pay-per-view. He pins Daniel Bryan, something nobody's been able to do yet. Or makes him submit even better. Oh, even better. Catches him in the cattle mutilation. Boom. Done.
3: Over. Man. that'd
1: be awesome if they had the balls to do it
2: is so I've said this a few times on Wednesdays and just in general like I have never watched like a goat wrestler in real time like I didn't watch Bret Hart in real time I didn't watch Sean in real time I obviously didn't watch Bruno in real time I'm don't,
3: don't worry he's not on um
2: the but like I feel like this run with Danielson is putting him on some people's Mount Rushmore's and that's really cool to me like I have I've never gotten to see that so like As much as a punk gal as I am, and I am. Like, I love what he did with Eddie. Um, I think his heel turn's gonna be so nasty. Um, But I, like, this is... Does this Danielson run feel as special to you guys? And I know, Tony, you don't watch AEW, but, like, Kevin, you're really into it now. Does it feel, like, as special to you guys as it feels to me? Because this just feels, like, so awesome
0: it does <laughs> it, it does now but part of me still can't get over the bitterness of just the quick how quickly just because he won a tournament he turned be- he turned heel like that to me just like put that. a bad taste in my mouth for the whole day i mean he's gotten over it and just like any any good performer can he's gotten over it over it and has gotten better at it and is completely awesome in his role right now i just don't want him to win because to me you build up you build up the same thing with Big E. You build up, you build up, you build up, you win, and you don't do anything with it. And I'm not saying they did that to Adam Page that they did to the Big E. And you take the belt off them. I don't think it's ever happened ever. If you could pick a different example where someone's second shorter build to a title was more important than their first build to a title and ended up better, it just doesn't happen. Like you can't like 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 the Big E, like the Big E run. Awesome. Incredible. You got the Daniel Bryan Kofi Kingston. Incredible. Got it, got it, got it, lost. Granted, he never got it again. But I'm just saying, like, if he had, it wouldn't have meant nearly as much as when it did. But a lot of that has to do with how you've booked the run after and they did a great job with Paige, whereas they didn't do a great job with I just don't want him to lose. At the same for the same reason that. you didn't want Big E to lose, I don't want Paige to lose.
2: I get that. That makes total sense.
1: But if you book a judge who's going to give the match to Paige and it's going to cause he would and the, the focus isn't on Paige anymore then.
0: Doesn't matter. You know what? I'll tie this back to a WCW thing. Sting in 97 had that amazing run. Didn't speak a word. Had it. Won belt from uh, Hogan at Starcade, Vacated it. Won it again at Super Brawl. Three months later, Spring Stampede. Lost to Savage. Sting dead. As Why are
2: the- we also not assuming that Kenny Omega might be a judge?
1: Uh, Sting signing. was kind of dead when that first match happened with the fucking fast count.
0: No, no. Sting wasn't dead then. But I,
1: uh, back, he was already, he was already in the grave, dude. Sting was,
0: Sting was dead when he started wrestling on a regular basis on Nitro and eventually Thunder. That's when Sting was dead. But taking the title off him with Savage, who they had no intention on keeping it on, was the, the kiss of death. But Kenny Omega is an interesting point because he's a guy listen, I didn't expect Jericho to come back at uh at Daly's place. That's a whole other interesting thing between him and Eddie Kingston, but we're getting too far into the weeds. But well, what um, if
2: you have what if you have Gresham lobbying for Daniels or lobbying against Danielson? You have Omega lobbying against Paige, and then you have a third judge who is neutral and Page wins. Like I think we've been thinking, and I've been thinking Gresham, 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 because judges, ROH, makes sense. Um, but what if there's someone that's trying to, to tinker with Adam Cole? I just want them to have a yeah, clean match no, that's it to be point. done in like 25 minutes. <laughs>
0: no, that's, that's a great point because in my head, I was, I've been viewing this that oh, it's going to be two dignitaries or two luminaries, two like people that know wrestling and only one active wrestler, and that active wrestler is Jonathan Gresham. For all we know, it could be like Kenny Omega, Jonathan Gresham, CM Punk. For all we know. Like oh
1: no, it's gonna be it's gonna be Eric Bischoff, it's gonna be like Mick Foley, it's gonna be Gresham. maybe Dory Funk Jr. with his no, fucking but whip. In my
0: head, that's how I saw it. I saw it as two like maybe like, like two like old timey like guys, like Jerry Lynn, not old timey, Jerry Lynn's a like, freaking patron saint. Um uh maybe like Diesel. a Jerry Lynn, um a D Malenko, and then a Jonathan Gresham. But who's to say it might not be three top guys as judges? Oh, my God. What if it's like Kenny Omega, Gresham, and Lethal or something like that?
2: Or oh Adam God. Cole. Yeah.
0: Ooh, Kevy Likey. Anybody know,
1: know what Jason Hervey's up to these days? Jason Hervey will come back and do that yeah. shit again. Maybe. Gino Medina. Maybe it'll
0: be Ricky Rackman.
1: Oh fuck that shit, Ricky Rack, Maybe the maybe they'll just have the no limit soldiers be the judges. Oh boy, Kev, can we do our New Japan pick so I can go to fucking bed? <laughs> hootie
0: who? hootie who? Yes, yes, we can. I know it's past your bedtime, Tony.
1: It really is. I'm fucking old. All right, we gotta pick we have... uh,
0: New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle we Kingdom have, uh...
1: 16, Night we One. Music? Or are we just gonna run? For... No, fuck it. We already played it. I ain't playing it again. My voice is already out. It's time for the Pixling!
2: You're welcome.
1: We are not picking <laughs> the New Japan Rambo for the... You
0: uh, have to do the to
1: voice.
2: The yes, Ooh. I do! Yes, she does.
1: Of course she does. It's awesome. Uh, we are not picking the uh, Rambo to decide the challenger to the King of Pro Wrestling trophy on night two. We are also not picking the Shibata match. Which is going to be under catch wrestling rules with no strikes because his opponent is Tibba, and we don't know who Tibba is. So, Kev, we're going to start with this one. It's Yo versus Show with Dick to Go. Who you got? Ke- Wait, Kate, you have Matt's picks, right?
2: I do. He has Yo.
1: He has Yo, Yo.
2: I would have Show because Show's my boy.
1: And I am taking Show. Kev, who you got? Did we lose Kevin? We lost Kevin. Kevin, what
2: is where Kevin. did you go? Go,
3: go, oh, my
1: Kevin. Kevin's mic is muted too.
3: Turn my mic on.
1: I'm gonna turn it on now.
2: Kevin, you're muted. Kev. Yeah, A we mute- can't ski, hear you. ski potatoes over there, Kevin. You're muted.
1: Your mic, dude. Is he singing? What is he doing? I
2: don't know.
1: He's Kevin. mad. Oh, there he is, Kev. You got us.
0: Yeah, everything got unplugged. I'm actually trying to. Just when you think you can do everything right, everything goes wrong. Um, Slice, man. I have. Uh, I have show.
1: Kevin also has show. So let me just write that down. So Kevin has show because I got to give these notes to Dickhead and Tony. Kevin show. Matt has yo. Okay, the very next match is Hiroshi Tanahashi. And the mega coaches, Risuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero versus Bullet Club members Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo.
0: I'll go. uh, Yeah, I mean, I won't go. I have. I have Bullet Club. As does
1: Matthew. I'm going with Tanahasho's team. I'm feeling good about my man, so I'm gonna stick with Tanahasho. Tony takes Tanahasho, and Matt and Kevin have Bullet Club. Okay. The very next match, it is the United Empire. Uh, Will Ospreay, Great O'Connor, and Jeff Cobb taking on LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Who's Matt got?
2: The undisputed – I'm sorry, the different UE, the United Empire.
1: (laughs) Matt's got United Empire. Kev, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell Kev. I'm taking United Empire as well.
0: Well, that's a clean sweep for United Empire.
1: Kevin, Tony, and Matt, United Empire. Okay. The next match, Matt's favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, Wait, where the hell is it? I thought, okay, here we go. Uh, Evil with dick to go challenges Tomohiro Ishii for the never open weight championship.
2: I just have that big Tom Lawler is next.
1: Big Tom Lawler. Yeah. What the hell did he pick? Am I missing a match?
2: I don't know. I have Big Tom, Dangerous Takers, Haromo, uh, and Shingo. Big, okay, oh, so- Big
1: Tom Ishii. Big, not Big Tom Lawler, it's Big Tom oh, Ishii. Oh,
2: Big Tom <laughs> You said
1: Tom Lawler. I'm like, wait a minute. It didn't click, Big Tom. No, it's, it's Tom Ishii. I'm
2: an idiot. <laughs> I did not know his name was Tom Ishii.
1: Well, it's Tomohiro, but everybody just calls him Big Tom. Uh, I will be taking uh, Evil in this one. I, I have this love-hate relationship with the Never Openweight Championship. Nobody really holds that title for too long, and I think Evil's going to take this one.
2: All right. I'm
0: with you, T-Dunk. I have Evil.
2: Everything is Evil.
1: Kevin and Tony got Evil. Matt's got Big Tom. Uh, the very hey, next match. Hold on, uh, wait.
0: I might have to start playing the game here. It's all about the game and how you play it. No, I can't. I I'll, just made I'll, that I'll be, up. up oh no. <laughs> Well, Kev, okay,
1: we, we got three more matches for night one. Okay. Uh, dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defend the IWGP tag team titles against Chaos members Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi.
0: I'll go first. I have uh, I have <laughs> the Dangerous Techers that Kate had winning last match.
2: Yeah, that's what Matt has here. Matt and
1: Kevin have the techers. I'm going with chaos. I think we got new champs on this one.
2: The secondary chaos. You mean not the orange Cassidy version that matters.
3: Oh, fuck that was fucking
1: pocket fucking
2: with Sue. He's going to turn heel and be fucking awesome. You're going to be so mad.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm so mad already. Um, okay. (laughs) Top two matches. Hiromu Takahashi finally gets his challenge for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship held by El Desperado. I'll give you mine first. I'm taking Takahashi. I think he takes the title back. Hiromu! Matt also takes Hiromu. Kev, who you got?
0: I have Hiromu. Kevin is
1: also... Yeah. Kevin is also taking Hiromu. And last but not least, one of the awesome standouts of 2021, Mr. Shingo Takagi defends the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against the man who holds the briefcase, the title, the man who's challenging, Kazuchika Okada. I'll give you my pick first. I'm taking Okada. I'm, I'm calling for the win. He needs a win against Takagi. Takagi's got his number, but I think it's Okada's time to get back on the mountaintop.
0: I have, um, I have Okada.
1: Kevin also has Okada. Does Matt make it a sweep? He says Shingo. Matt is going to Kagi. I like the pick. All right, let me just confirm. Show versus Yo. Tony and Kevin both take Show. Matt takes Yo. Tanahashi's team against Bullet Club. Tony takes Tanahashi. Matt and Kevin take Bullet Club. The United Empire versus L.I.J. All three take United Empire. Evil versus Ishii. Matt takes Big Tom. Kevin and Tony take Evil. Chaos versus the Dangerous Techers. Matt and Kevin take the Techers. Tony takes Chaos. Takahashi against Desperado. All three take Takahashi and Okada versus Takagi. Kevin and Tony take Okada. Matt takes ka- Takagi. Ka- ka- Shingo. Whew! First time we've done that in a long time. I feel depleted.
2: It's been a minute. Yeah. Whew!
3: Let me get back
1: to look at your guys' beautiful faces because gotcha. I'm tired of looking at the uh, the chart. And that's that. Hey, Buster.
2: How's it going? Buster? Say hi, buddy.
1: Yeah you it? got any plugs for us before we pull this train into the station oh well, yes
2: you can follow me at Buster Hensler on Instagram <laughs> which is real oh, but, um, uh,
0: also by the way by my my butt also has its own Instagram account it's uh it's butt butthole by buster.com
3: that's, that's,
2: <laughs> um yeah you can follow me at Kate on deck I see you can Find me doing the NXT 2.0 post-show because I hate myself. Uh, (laughs) Fightful YouTube with Alex Polowski where we try real hard to make it fun. Uh, Wednesdays on the Mark Order podcast and Fridays doing AEW Rampage and Smackdown with Sean Ross Also on Fightful, but my friends, Insomnia is here and we are going to do a New Japan watch-along on the Fightful Twitch. Join us if you're a fucking maniac that is staying up to watch it.
1: Kev, anything in the hopper ski? Uh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I just see that that awesome, sexy picture of you wearing your uh, your tank top picture. at your Jersey All-Pro tryout. I love that picture. I need to get that framed like a 16 by 20 on my Yo, wall. Yo,
0: I can't believe that this is the only thing that exists from that day.
2: You and your Jamie Jams? Yeah.
0: Do you know who took that picture? I think it was either Donnie or, or Frank Minetti. Were either
1: of those guys trying out as well,
0: or were they just? No, there they for just the came run? to watch. Wow, it was either it was either Freakins or uh, oh, yeah, or, or Frank. I would imagine. No, it was probably Donnie because Donnie took more pictures. This is the only one that surfaced.
1: That's pretty fucking cool. You got to reach out to Donnie see if he's got any more pictures from that day because I'd love to see him.
0: If if he had, he, he I. It's been freaking. I know. Uh, this, was, this was 2001, I think.
1: I know. 21 years ago, Kev. We're all getting mm. old. Holy yeah. shit, we're getting old.
3: God. Yeah, John was
1: John L was like 29. How fucking sick is
0: that? Now here, here I am. I'm almost 30. Oh
2: wait, Kevin, we didn't do your top
3: five. <laughs> oh. it,
0: it doesn't. You know what? I'll I'll hoard them. I'll hoard them until we have to use them, and then we'll just we'll bang them out. We'll have like a five week. Then I won't have to even worry about it anymore because I still have the one from before the New Year's that we have to do.
1: Well, don't worry. Once I win the pay-per-view picks this year, I'll work a top five into the show somehow. It'll be something Tony-based.
0: Tony Day. Can... Well, no, I, I just said I am hoarding. I already have three in the hopper.
1: Well, you might have to make a fourth. What can I tell you?
0: Oh, I'll make. <laughs> and I and I have, I've very narrowed down our seek our super secret project, and I'll send that out to you guys probably tomorrow at work.
1: Ooh, I like it. I'm intrigued. I, no I forgot. Is. I forgot this was even a thing. I know. I know.
3: Yeah.
1: Ooh, I like it. So anyway, we are the Shining Wizards, uh, ShiningWizards.com for all your Shining Wizards needs. Don't forget about our Patreon. Why can't I talk tonight? Patreon.com slash Wizards podcast. Like I said, we've got watch alongs. We cover shows. We do profiles. Kevin and Matt did a two hour what I'm going to call an on the bus because I don't know what else to fucking call it. Two hours on Bret Hart's first year in WCW. It's insane. Please join our Patreon and check that out. It's amazing. We've got over 50 episodes in the archives. We play games. We cover pay-per-views. It's it's nuts. It's completely worth it. $3 a month. How can you go wrong? Kate
2: knows. Kate's a Patreon supporter. I get the boxes of wizardry because I'm a smarty pants. There you go. <laughs> Fucking Um <a>
1: <laughs> I think that's everything. Oh yeah, follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast on all platforms, ProWrestlingTees.com com slash Shining Wizards. Is that sale still going on or is that over? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Well, I, I who think? determined the length? It was either like five or eight days. So I don't think it's I don't think either way would be done. Okay. Yeah,
2: it's still going on, I think. Twenty six percent off
0: at Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh, there you go. Well, no, oh, I thought we were talking about the our super secret Patreon tenth anniversary shirt sale.
1: Well, it's not so much a secret anymore if you put it out there on the podcast. Well,
0: if they join, pa- well, they can't get it unless they're on a Patreon.
1: No, it's a Discord only. So if you want to join the Discord, oh, go Discord. over to our Twitter, click the Discord link. We only have mediums and larges left. So if you want to get in on one of those for dirt cheap, get over there, sign up for our Discord, hit us up, let us know you are interested.
0: Oh, t- 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 don can I give a special shout out, real quick? Of course you can. To the hottest free agent in the game, if you can't take Rohit, get oh out boy. the kitchen. Rohit Raju is yeah. a free agent, baby. Sign him. Book him. He's the man. He's the greatest. He's a body guy. Get out. I'm almost, almost if you're as gonna jacked as me in that picture. If you're
2: going to throw that pun out, you cannot get mad at the good night, Gracie. That's, that's inevitably coming I've, down the it's train. Been,
0: the, the, you, if you can't take Rohit, get out the kitchen it has been a staple since he's been on the show over a year ago.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I listen all the time, Kevin.
0: Yeah, well, it's great.
2: So is Goodnight Gracie.
0: I don't get that, though. How is that a pun?
2: You're a Who pun. Who said it's a,
0: a pun? She a pun? said a pun.
2: It's no, like, a... like, if you're, if you're going to bring that pun late, in, this late in the game, you cannot get mad at, like, a... Well, it, it was
0: all Gracie part of the point. collective shout-out. I was going to let Tony finish.
2: All right.
1: Kate, I I want to finish, but I just don't know what to say. What should I say at this point?
3: I think you should say, good night, Gracie. <laughs> good night, Gracie.